my shorts. I tried to unmute the microphone. It didn't happen. I hit the wrong button, and now my headphones are around the wrong way. Hang on. How you going? Good. Good. You? Yeah, I'm right. It's good. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. What? Didn't fuck that one up too bad? No, not well. Not quite. Not as bad as a couple of weeks back. Disaster. No, exactly right. Disaster. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, uh, welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Dave Lee. This is episode... 31! 31 shows. Can you believe it? Oh, I certainly can't. You can join uh, me every single Monday uh, here on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, the podcast goes out on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. Uh, the visual element is also available on YouTube. goes out same day. But if you want to get it early, two days early, you can become a patron supporter. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Down Under. Uh, support the podcast, support the Dave Lee Down Under channel, all that shit for as little as a dollar a month. Cheaper. Yeah, you can get uh, you can get your two day early access to uh, to the podcast uh, on the Saturday instead of the Monday if you can't wait. Um, you can also get early access to YouTube videos, all that kind of shit. Um, we've migrated video podcasts to a second channel, so I need you to head over there, get on it, hit subscribe, watch the videos. I need to get the subscribers up. I need to get back up to 1,000 subscribers. Well, I need to get up to 1,000 subscribers on that channel and something like 4,000 hours watch time so I can oh, so I can actually get monetization. At the moment, we're cutting a loss on the podcast. Oh, uh, well. So if you're supporting on the podcast, uh, sorry, sorry, if you're supporting over on the Patreon, all the money that is going into Patreon at the moment goes into covering the cost that it keeps us, you know, uh, that helps us keep this podcast alive and the rest of it goes into the channel as well, which is great. So anyway... Subscribe, like, all that stuff. Need you to get on it. Huh? Need them to get on it. You need to get on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, of course, find me over on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under. That's the uh, standard channel. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Links uh, for all of this down in the description below. If you just want to click it, whoop, click through, and then whoop, you're there. Whoop, whoop. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you want to write into the show, you can shoot an email at DaveLeePond at gmail.com. People usually just like to get in touch with me on social media, so... Either way, all doors are open, except Twitter. I have to be following you there and message me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Stalkers. Yeah. Uh, if you are listening on podcast platforms, please leave a review. We like the good ones. Only good ones. Only the good ones. We Don't love like the bad ones. We love the good ones. Bad ones are shit. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. No, no, no room for negativity. No room negativity. for negativity here. But if you're listening you don't like it, you can leave a bad review, but we don't want that. No, uh, we'll hunt you down. Yeah, we'll get you. <laughs> we'll get you. That's it. That's it. Uh, we got to the end of the song. No, leave uh, honest reviews, but we like good ones. Exactly right. Um, of course, I'm joined once again by old mate Rick to the uh, to the side of me. Hello, people. How's it going? How are we all? I'm good. You're not you? sounding as... Yeah, I'm good. You're oh, not sounding no. as coldy this week. No, no, no. I'm not too bad this week. I'm, That's good. So I've still got a bit of a cough, though. A little bit. Yeah. So it's not as, <laughs> not as bad as it was. No. But the other half, is, she's she's got it now. Oh yeah, she is too. She's got bad. A, got a bit of a cold and oh, stuff. Lord. Starts a new job on Monday and Yeah. 
Well, today. No. Well, yeah, today yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> well, not for patrons. No. For patrons, she starts a new job on Monday. Yeah. For non-patrons, she starts today. started today and it went well, I'm sure. <laughs> um, it wasn't a very uh, productive week again. Well, I got a lot of work done. Yeah, you um, did. I did. I, uh, I said I'm a fat ass most of the week. Yeah, you did too. You can do a lot. Uh, the other half and I were supposed to do a few things this week, but she's yeah, been a bit crook. So. Yeah. We couldn't do a huge amount. Yeah, oh well. Um, oh, yeah, I was oh, talking. Sorry. Yeah, coughing away. Talking about a bit of a cough. Yeah. Hey, we were talking a few weeks ago. Oh, ah, get some talking water. last week too. Yeah, we were talking yeah. the last 31 weeks. <laughs> um, we are talking a couple of weeks ago about I had applied to go on a game show and I yeah, went in for right. my audition and all that shit. Um, I got on. <laughs> yeah. I got on. Um, they contacted me pretty quickly after the interview. Usually they say at these things like, oh, we'll get in touch with you within like the next two months. But I've done enough of these things now to know that they, if they really, if you, if you're on the show, they get in touch with you within days, within like a week. Uh, So they got in touch with me like really, really quickly and tried to make it happen a couple of weeks ago, but because there were a few like things that like I had to apply for like a police check to go onto the show and that just took forever to clear through. And and the the date that I was supposed to go in – they they rang me. They're like, "Oh, we don't have the police check yet, so I have to put you off to next week." Police check finally went through. I'm not a criminal, <laughs> um, and they were like, "We want you to come in." So I went in. Look again. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say I've been on the show and talk about my experience on it, but I'm not allowed to talk about the show. Like, um, to, to talk any like specifics about the episode or like the outcomes. So I'm just gonna just. Make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. Is that the speak, sentence? Speak, yeah. Speak generalities. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to say anything this week. We're yeah. going to wait until the week that the episode goes to air, and then we'll, we'll tell my story about going on the game show. I'm not even going to say the game show because I get so scared about these things. Ever since you know that time, I accidentally my Rotten Tomatoes. You probably talk about your experience on the day. Like the- I think they said I can, but I'm just really nervous about it. So we and we got a lot to get into today. So we'll leave this off for the week that I go on the show. It'll be a bit of um. A, ra- a bit of uh, like a ramp up to getting people to watch the episode. <laughs> I won't even say what it is because I just don't know. I don't want to get myself in trouble. I've signed all kinds of legal shit. Um, but I am a- on this show. It is a really popular game show, like a British game show from, I guess, the 90s. It was very popular, kind of 90s, maybe early 2000s. Um, and it's been off air for years, and they're finally bringing it back here to Australia. Mm. Uh, if you're in Australia, you've probably seen another ad. You probably was, know was what I'm talking about. Was there an Australian version? There was, there was yeah, yeah there, there was an Australian yeah. version, not for long though. Yeah. Um, and there's an American version running at the moment. I'm, I don't think it's still on in the UK, but they start. They're doing a new Australian version. I got on. I don't yeah. know how many episodes or anything they're doing. I don't know when they're going to air. Like they can't tell us any of that. Uh, but yeah, I got on an episode, and um, yeah, I enjoyed my time there. Mm. That's all I can. I guess that's all I'm going to say for now. But when the episode does go to air, like they took a picture, like a group photo with all the contestants and the host, and um, I'm allowed to put that on social, I think, the week of the episode, oh, okay. once I get it and all that. So, yeah, so when when that all happens, we'll talk about it in, in depth on the podcast. Uh- <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, and that was my highlight of the week, and I had to get up really early, like 5 a.m. very early day. I had to get up really early and drive down to the Dockland Studios to film to do the, the the filming at the at the studios, 
Um, it was just like an all-day thing. And as you know, when I have this day that throws my schedule out, the rest of my week goes out with it. Yep. Um, but I've been all right, actually. I've been waking up quite early this week uh, and getting into work and stuff, so it's been okay. It didn't throw me out too much, but I've been falling asleep on the couch quite early and all <laughs> have, this shit. Heaven will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was my excitement for the week. Um, but, we get, again, we'll talk about that. Kind of when the time comes, I don't know, it could be within a few months. Um, hey, what we've, have we been, got? we've been talking about my Zav, my Zavi order. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Remember, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is like the final update for the Zavi order. I ordered Thank 12. <laughs> ordered, I don't know Fucking how many Zavi. weeks. I don't know how many weeks this has been going for. It, almost a it'll month, be, uh, more than a month. Three, four, at least at least four uh, weeks. Heaps of weeks, five weeks maybe. Um, so, yeah, I talk about Zavi. I always have really bad experiences with them because you order like a bulk order. They send every item out individually, ordered a bulk order of like 12 items, and they all went out separately. Four went out on one day, two went out on another day. Sorry, six went out, then two went out, then four went out. Um, so I last week I had received the first six, I'd received the final four and I'd received one of the middle two. And today, finally, the final one of the middle two arrived. (laughs) Now, we took bets. We're taking bets because usually when they do this and these items all go out individually in shitty packaging without much bubble wrap or any of that, they go out and then they sit in the post for a month and then there's there's always one that goes missing or just doesn't arrive or one that gets damaged or a number that gets damaged. We had a really good run. Until this one. Until the last one. This one's come like the whole case. You can hear it. Sort of. (laughs) It's, trust me. Yeah. The case is all like a big, like straight through the case. So some fat bastard's been sitting on it. Yeah, that's what you said last week. It's probably stuck under someone's. Someone's, someone's seat. under someone's seat. Or it's thrown (laughs) on the passenger seat of the the van, delivery van, and he's throwing shit on top of it. Yeah. Oh shit, look at, oh, shit, look, there's another package here. Oh, better deliver that. Oh. So anyway, oh, finally got... one there three weeks ago. Jeez, why is this one still here? <laughs> I've missed it. Uh, so, yeah, tw- I finally got my 12 discs, so we can shut up about that now. Thank Christ. And I, w- I probably won't be ordering from... Like, actually, this is... I, I will give Zavi credit. I don't know. Oh, I mean, like they all came here. One's damaged. It's not, like, completely wrecked. It's got a little bit of a, a tear on the case. Um, so for... Out of my last few Zavi orders, this was this was quite good. Yeah, exactly right. Because I've had, had one, stuff go missing. Had and stuff go missing. I've had ones like the cases come like bent in ways you've never seen a Blu-ray DVD case get bent. So I'll um, <laughs> I'm not telling everyone to get bent, <laughs> <laughs> but you know all that shit. So that was actually a, a decent for the track record there. Yeah, exactly um, right. So anyway. Um, what have we been watching this week? Hey, we've been um, we've had um, some complaints come in from uh, the world's worst manager, Wacko Jacko. Wacko Jacko, yeah, he's been complaining oh, he's again. Complaining. Yeah, he says our intro and like our what we've been watching section last week was too Waffled long. Waffled on a bit last week. Yeah, fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah, we probably did. <laughs> probably. He's probably he's probably right. Yeah, but Tim on <laughs> the other speaking hand, shit. but then Tim on the other hand said I'm fine with it because it's just two blokes speaking shit and that's the best kind of podcast. Ah, oh, good on you, Tim. Yeah, so he stuck up a bit. Yeah, up yours, he was Jackson. like, he was like, I see, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I see the point. I get it, but also it's just two guys just speaking shit, and that's what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, we didn't watch a lot this week, though, so we're not going to talk. Good at speaking shit. We were speaking. I know that's exactly right. 
So um, Jack, Jackson, no, you're not welcome anymore. Yeah, mate. piss off. That's why I'm saying he's the world's you worst have to get Tim manager. On yeah, I have to get Tim on. I've got to organise that. No, we've just got to just got to get it sorted. Timing. Yeah, yeah, and then they both want to come on, so that'll be oh, fun. Oh god. Yeah, we've got some funny stories. I'll sit up the back and heckle. Yeah, we got some <laughs> funny wacko Jacko stories, so we're going to take him down. Oh, nice. Yeah, what a jerk. Be careful what you wish for, Jackson. Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, we didn't watch a lot this week, actually. So the what we've what we've watched section won't go for too long. Um, catalog wise, again, I've got a big sack of shit I'm trying to get through. Um, hundreds of titles out there that I'm just trying to just I've put a movie on every day before I get into work if I can. Um, watch now this week of course i was on my game show on monday um and then <laughs> the rest of the week was mostly just um like a lot of cartoon news videos that i had to do obviously i wake up in the morning because we're in australia all the news drops overnight and then i wake up i see it and i quickly get uh, quickly editing and then get these videos up in the morning so i miss out on my movie so this week we got a couple in we got um i watched high noon it's on the weekend. It's a classic Western film, film. from like mid fifties, mid to late fifties. Mm, uh, like terrific! I've never watched it before. For some reason, this is one of those ones that bypassed me. Just mm. I never got to. I finally imported it. Actually, I've owned it three times. I owned the DVD. Never watched the DVD. I bought the Blu-ray from America years ago, and it was a um, one of those um, what do you call it region locked ones. Um, so I never watched it yeah. because they just look shit, even though yeah, I've got exactly the region free right. player. And finally, Eureka, which is one of my favourite little boutique brands from the UK, released a region B version, and it's totally remastered from 4K whatever. Um, so I finally watched it. Man, it's so good. Yeah, it's good film. Gary Cooper. Yep. Um, Grace Kelly in her first role, or like her first major role. I think Gary Cooper fell into acting, uh, from what I've read. Yeah, probably. It was never surprised he, me. He, he, I think it was Gary Cooper. It wasn't, um, wasn't, didn't set out to become an actor. Mm. He just, he was sort of basically hanging around and they said, oh, do you want to go yeah. and play this part? And he went and played that part and became an yeah, actor. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I don't know a lot about Gary Cooper. I like I him. I'm I like his sure, films. I'm sure it was Gary Cooper. Um, but yeah, this is this is like the one of the like archetypal Western films. But what I what I didn't realize is that it was so against the grain of all the Western films at the time that when it came out, people branded it un-American and they lobbied really? against it. Yeah, yeah. These people, everyone, just like lobbied against it. They were calling Gary Cooper un-American. All this shit. Um, so yeah, it's crazy, but it's ter- it's terrific, and it's I, I like I don't like I hate the phrase like it's ahead of its time, but I like to apply it every now and then when I feel like it's worthy, and I feel like High Noon was ahead of its time because it's this film that is just so unlike any other westerns. I've watched so many fucking westerns over the years, <laughs> man, and they're all the same, but this one's just so different. It's so unique that I feel like a lot of modern westerns take from it. So a lot of modern westerns are kind of built in the mold of High Noon. Oh, most definitely. Uh, but you don't see a lot of even westerns from that period looking at it and going, "This is like so different. Let's copy it." Which usually happens. You get all yeah. these copycat movies that never happened. It's, it's this weird, it's this weird anomaly where this film really stands on its own. It's this really unique, just in kind of the not only the plot but the technical achievements of it and just the way they the visually the visual presentation of it. Uh, the performers, everything. It's just such a really unique film. And I adored it. I loved it. Um, so get if you're a fan of your classics, you're a fan of Western, whatever, get on High that's Noon. A, that's a must-see, that one, yeah, if you're a Western but I fan. Did, I didn't realise it was so important because Gary Cooper, 
who you picture as like the archetypal Western hero, didn't do a lot of Western films. Like you think that's because of this film. Yeah, you think John Wayne, you think Gary Cooper, you think James Stewart, you think yeah. uh, whoever else. Yeah, and you always think Gary Cooper. It's because of High Noon that you yeah, know yeah, that exactly he's this right. big Western hero. He only yeah. did a handful of them. Mm. Um, and yeah, this is Grace Kelly's first like major role. Uh, Lee Van Cleef is in it as a um, as one of the bad guys. It's kind of a very small role. This is his very first film as well. Um, but he went on to be like. Not really a star of Western films. I think he did like a lot of B films, but then he was like support for Clint Eastwood and stuff in a lot of the Clint Eastwood era Westerns. This was his first film. Um, Lon Chaney Jr. is in this, kind oh of an God. older guy. Um, he he did movies all throughout his life, and this was like the one that brought him back kind of to the forefront, I suppose, because yeah. he did a lot of like B films and shit. And then there was this one, and then Lloyd Bridges is in it too, which is the father yeah, of Bo Bridges and yeah. uh, Jeff. Jeff, yeah, that's right. The dude. Yeah, the, um, the dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he, Lloyd Bridges, and this was like one of his first ma- – he, he did a lot of films before this, but this is like one of his oh, first yeah. like huge yeah, ones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's like, so in, incredibly enormously – Influential, kind of in again later cinema, and um, and just really important film overall. I didn't realize incredibly how, important, how important film it was. Terrific, check that one out. I mean, because if you look at that, if you look mm. at that um film, yeah, and you look at that TV show we've been watching, Deadwood, yeah, that yeah. one, yeah, absolutely, there's some similarities, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I mean. You think of like True Grit, Three Ten to Yuma, yeah. I love yeah. like the more recent Western things. There's so much that you can see has come from High exactly Noon. right. Just even the way they film it and the way it's visually presented, everything comes. And it, I never realised how much Even just the sets a, and stuff like that, yeah, like yeah. The, the way the towns are set yeah. up. and Insane. Very you know. good movie. Check it out if you're yeah. into that kind of stuff. Even if you're just a film fan, check out High Noon. It's really, I don't know why it's it taking is, me this long. And it's what, got a 7.9 on IMDb. Yeah. So it's got a good rating. Great movie. Uh, it's um, a really, really good film. I checked out another Western this week. It's called Django Shoots First. Uh, Umbrella Entertainment, you would not have seen this, trust me. I think I have. Uh, you wouldn't have. <laughs> um, Umbrella has just released this on Blu-ray uh, from a a new 4K master, I think. I think it might be a 2K master. It's from a new master. It looks beautiful. It's a spaghetti western. Oh, okay. Um, this one stars, who's in the lead? Glenn Saxon. Glenn Saxon, who did, Evelyn, I don't know. Evelyn Stewart, Fernando Sancho. Well, you wouldn't know anyone else in there because they were no. just like B-grade Italian spaghetti western actors. So especially if you don't know much about the spaghetti western, these were these western films that were made in Italy um, on the cheap, dirt cheap, oh, yeah, pretty exactly. much no-name actors except for the lead. They would always have like a really well-known western well, actor in the Clint lead. Clint did some, didn't he? Yeah, Clint well, did. if you think, well, uh, Good, Bad and the Ugly for a few dollars more, yep. um, uh, you know, those that series of films are all spaghetti westerns. He did a lot of other ones too. The great thing about the Spaghetti Westerns is that they had such a little budget. They would use whoever the hell they could get. There was always like a leading man who was like a well-known person yep. in Western cinema to try and get the movies out in the Western audiences. Mm. So that's why Clint Eastwood kind of did a few of like the more popular ones. Um, and uh, Glenn Saxon was quite well-known as well. But the best thing about these movies is is that they shot them – they shot a lot of them in in Spain because it was cheaper to shoot in Spain than in Italy. <laughs> so you would have your Western lead, uh, then your supporting characters would be Italian actors, whether they were well-known Italian actors or just kind of B-movie actors. And then voices dubbed over. And then the background, I'm getting there, <laughs> then the background actors were all Spanish. 
Um, and then you would have everything dubbed. They would all be speaking in their native dialect. So they would all be given <laughs> Spanish I've actors. The Spanish language actors would be given a Spanish language script. The Italian actors would get the Italian language script and the, the Western actor would get the English language script. They'd all know their lines in their own dialect and get out there and just say their lines in their own dialect. <laughs> um, and the Clint Eastwood films like this, Good, Bad and the Ugly, a few dollars more, they're all like this as well. So you've got this litany of different, of these people speaking different languages because that's all they could have. Yeah. They just cobbled together a cast funny. and they couldn't be bothered teaching them to speak the language or whatever. And then it's all overdubbed in Italian or English, or whatever. So you will see Glenn Saxon is quite obviously speaking English in this. You can see his mouth kind of matching the subtitles, <laughs> but they've dubbed over it in Italian. Um, really quite funny. Really quite funny. But this was actually quite a good one. I enjoyed it. Um, they had a pretty cool premise. Uh, this guy's father gets killed by a bounty hunter, and the bounty hunter is taking the, the dead body to this town to claim the reward. Uh, but the son finds the father, he kills the bounty hunter and decides, I'm going to take the father into town and claim my reward. Takes him into town and then realises his father was like a co-owner in this bank and he wants, now the son wants to take his 50% stake of the bank and it ends up like blowing it, like the town's not happy with it. And <laughs> it's quite good. It's a stupid, low-budget, B-grade spaghetti western, but a lot of fun. Again, yeah. Umbrella Entertainment. Some of those spaghetti westerns are fantastic. Yeah, I loved, so much loved them. Umbrella Entertainment's just released on Blu-ray here. Uh, terrific. Yeah. Yeah, check it out if you're into that kind of no, thing. Really lot, so much fun. Um, we watched uh, Blood Simple. This is the first film of the Coen brothers um, and the first film to star Francis McDormand, who just won the Academy Award yep. for Nomadland, yep. which we also watched. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, really good movie. This is like a neo-noir film done on a low-budget kind of independent kind of thing that had a bunch of backers and stuff. Very good. Yeah. You watched this one with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gorgeously shot. Beautifully shot movie and uh, the story's really good, captivating and all that. It's not quite, like, if you watch this, you wouldn't necessarily think Cohen Brothers. I mean, there's a lot of really no, quirky exactly stuff right. in it, but you can tell their style is there, but it's not fully fleshed out just no, yet. that's right. Um, but if you watched it, uh, you wouldn't quite think, um, oh, Cohen, Cohen Brothers. And, and Frances McDermott, she was only about 22 or something. Yeah, very young in it, yeah. 22 Yeah, very young. Um, yeah, so, so I really enjoyed that. That's what I've been trying to get around to for ages. And we finally watched that because we watched Nomadland. And then I was like, what else is in the collection uh, to watch? And I found Blood Simple. I was like, oh, well, we've just watched Frances McDormand's l- latest film. Let's go back and we'll watch her first one. So we sort of did that yeah. back to back. Um, we'll talk about Nomadland in a minute. Uh, one more catalogue title I watched this week. You actually watched a bit of this as well. Timeline. Did I? This one with Paul Walker. Oh, and yeah, yeah, You yeah, kind of came. Right. Yeah, you yeah, were yeah. drifting in and out. Drifting in and out. Uh, who yeah. was in this? Paul Walker, Billy Connolly, um, a few other people who I can't remember by name. Um, oh, uh, Gerard Butler. Is that that's right? Very yeah, young really, Gerard really Butler. Young Gerard Butler. That's right. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Francis O'Connor, David Thewlis. Uh, heaps of people are in it. Um, it was okay. Oh, Neil, Neil, Neil McDonough. Oh yeah, it was okay. This is one that um uh, that um um uh, 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 Viavision have just released as part of their imprint line of like cult classic movies. Um, mm. I enjoyed it. They kind of like go back in time. They oh the far they they're like archaeologists. 
the father, which is Billy Connolly, like the head professor, whatever guy, he somehow winds up getting sucked back to like eighteen, like eighteenth century France. Yeah. Um, during like this battle where the France, the French come in and take over this town, or the English come in and take over this French town. That's right. Yeah. Um, and they decide they uncover the younger archaeologists uncover that they have built like this big time machine and whatever, and he's got caught in this time loop, and they then decide to go back in time to save him before. Like this big, you know, whatever. Um, so they go back. And they to come China. down to only having seconds really to get back and all yeah, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Because they because mm. the machine blows up and they get stuck there. Yeah, and they yeah. try and get back before the time loop. Work closes. out an alternate like, way to get them back. Typical science fiction shit. It's okay. Like there's some good battle scenes and stuff in there. It's not a, not a great. It's only got five point seven, uh, which is a yeah <laughs> yeah one of them. Um, but it was it was actually it was okay. It was all right. It was okay. Um, and Paul Walker was playing Paul Walker. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He well, yeah. Most of them were <laughs> playing themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, who else we got? What else we got? Newer movies we watched. Well, we said Nomadland, so we watched Nomadland finally. Yeah, that was fabulous. Terrific. Yeah, really. Yeah, good. it was really good. Just really beautiful movie. There was just not much really happened, but it's like a you like that slow TV shit. Which oh, is, I love uh, slow TV. Which is where they just it's just like an eight hour program of like, for example, a train going a tr- through a the train outback. Like going, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this was very similar to that, which it just follows her journey of over like and the most course of, them of a couple of years. Either, they? No, they none of them. Well, there was like two or three that were actors, and then the rest were all just real people. Some of them didn't even know they were in a movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, it was really beautiful. So how did they movie. get around that though? I don't know, but there's a scene where she's talking about because um, her husband has passed away, yep. and she's telling this story about her husband passing away to this guy, this real guy whose son has passed away, and they kind of have this bonding. Um, and at the end of the film, he apparently he came up to her and said, "I'm really sorry to hear that. Thank you for sharing your story." And they were like, "Well, it's, it's actually not true. It's a, mo- it's a movie." <laughs> yeah. God. So yeah, interesting. There was a couple. Like there was a know. couple of scenes there. Like there was one where she was she was like sitting in a like a, a um like a little uh, what do you call it like a little shed or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was talking to a couple of older ladies. Yeah, yeah. And those older ladies, they obviously weren't actors. Yeah, yeah. And they were pouring their hearts out as well. Yeah, and yeah. So it's a very very good movie. Really good. Film. Again, Chloe Zhao directed really this. She um. Won the best picture, direct, won the best picture, won best film, at one best actress. Uh, Chloe Zhao again is doing the Eternals for Marvel, which we'll talk about soon That'll as be well. Um, so yeah, but yeah, beautifully shot as well. I understand why they said go and see it on the biggest screen possible. Mm. Uh, really, really good movie. Really enjoyed that, and, and I'm very surprised how much I enjoyed it because there's not many best picture winners over like the, maybe the last decade that I've actually enjoyed. Yeah. No. Ex- oh, exactly right. I always, true, true life. I always, yeah, I always that didn't that win up. Best yeah. Picture. No, nah, but Thanks it was God. nominated. It was just yeah, but like shit. those Oscar bait movies, I always watch them. Everyone's like, oh, it's so good. And I watch them and I'm like, no, I don't get it. Exactly. But I like right. it. Yeah. Like we said, like we always say, people believe films are good yeah. because they're told they're good. Yeah, exactly right. Some critic gets up and says, oh, this is a good film. Or, oh, this is a yeah. shit film. And people believe it. Yeah, exactly. Watch it for yourself and make up your own fucking mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Nomad Land, though, was very, very good. We still haven't watched Parasite from last year. Last year. Still trying to get you to watch that one. Get over that barrier down the bottom with the subtitles. Oh, yeah. I hate subtitle films. You, I I'm not the quickest reader in the world as it is. You'll be fine. That's why I became a photographer. You'll be fine. We've got to watch it. I'm done. If not, I'm going to watch it by myself. And no, I know you can I'll, I'll watch it. So this is what I'll I mean. This is what I mean. We used to put it on and not to deal with it. I will. I'll watch so when it. When you want to watch it, it, just put it All on. Right. And it's I'll happening this it. weekend, maybe. 
All right, uh, but I have to be like not tired because the same because you got to read the subtitles yeah. and focus. And if I'm too tired, I can't do subtitles. It's not one we can put on at ten o'clock at night. No, exactly. Um, we also watched one called The Furnace, which was an Australian film. Yes, uh, which was about the Cameleers. Yep, um, and their relationship with the um, Indigenous Australians, kind of during colonial Australia. And um, yeah, really beautiful movie. Mm. Um, who was in this one again? Um, oh, uh, David David Wenham. Yeah. yeah, The Furnace. Really good, really good movie. Umbrella has just released this on Blu-ray. It's a new film, came out just last year. Um, so uh, oh, yeah, David, David Wenham is in it. Um, and then really terrific. Who was the lead guy in this? Ahmed Melik. Oh, so good. So yeah, he's no, very, good. very good in this. Yeah, so really enjoyed this. he kind of da- – da- uh, David Wenham is this guy who's like um, – uh, he's like a bush ranger. He's stolen a bunch of gold from the crown, and he comes in into contact with this camelia, and the camelia, um, kind of they decide that he that they're gonna. He, fall, he falls in with some bushmen. Yeah, he falls in with the bushmen, and they he decides that yeah. he tells them they will help them for like a, his share of the gold. Yeah, that's and right. then all this shit happens. Um, apparently based on like true stories and stuff that happened out in the. Wild, wild Australian West back in the day. Yeah, the Outback. Yeah. yeah. The bush. Very good movie. Very good. Very yeah, much enjoyed good. that we one. enjoyed that. On Blu-ray and DVD at the moment. And the, and the um, just the Outback scenery. Yeah, gorgeous. I love it. Film love beautifully. it out there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Umbrella Entertainment, Blu-ray, DVD. Check that one out. They mm. do. So I love their commitment to Australian film. It's terrific. Now, we also watched Those Who Wish Me Dead. This is the new film from Warner Brothers. Careful what you say. It's embargoed for like a week. I think they actually pushed the embargo out a little further as well. So I can't, I don't think I can publish my review until like the 13th. Mm, um, so okay. anyway, we've seen this. It's got Angela Jolie. It's got John Bernthal. It's got... Tyler uh, Perry. Aiden yeah, Gillen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Holt. Um, an Australian actor, Finn Little, who's a really great Australian actor. Um, he's like 15, 15 years old or yeah. something. Um, yeah, Storm the, Boy or something. Wasn't he? Yeah, he did the yeah. remake of Storm Boy recently, and he yeah, he's a very good actor. Um, yeah, I can't say anything. No. I've got to just shut my mouth and not yep. say anything for for a week. Uh, but yeah, we have seen that one. But we did see it in the cinema. We saw it in the cinema. Oh, it yeah, good. yeah. Thanks to uh, the wonderful team over at Universal Pictures, who are now handling the Warner Brothers distribution here in Australia. I like being we, back at we the cinema. Them. So good, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. This it's is good. one that I thought. You know, sometimes you know what movies are going to get, tra- like what reviews will get traction and stuff. This is one that I thought, and it's probably not going to be like going to blow up. It's going to be huge, but I want to see this movie. Yeah. So I accepted it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see this. So we went and saw it over the week, uh, which was, uh, it was a movie. It was a film. It was a yeah. movie. It was, it was yeah. a movie. It was, it was a movie. So yeah, moving on. Uh, DC movies. I'm still watching my DC animated movies. I said last week, I'm getting a little tired of them. So I only watched one this week. I watched Batman versus Got to Robin. Your, your, your um, stamina for those things. Yeah, so many. It's like thirty oh odd, and God. there must be like twenty something left. Um, Batman versus Robin. I watched this week it was actually very good. I didn't enjoy the last one, which was Batman. Oh shit! What was it called? Batman, son of Batman, which introduced yeah, Robin, yeah, that's right. and he's really annoying. He's still annoying in this, but the story was much better. It's like the Court of Owls um, arc that's kind of retold here, which I knew nothing about before. I'd heard about it, but knew nothing about it really. You know a little bit about it. You know a little bit about it. Yeah, so I won't say too much about it because um, 
I won't pretend that I know about it uh, because then people will be like, you're wrong about this. And one just runs into the next anyway. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, I watched that. It was okay. Let's do, hey, letterbox wrap. Who? April. Okay, so this well, month. It's the first week of the month, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah, it's the first week of uh, May. So we can do the letterboxed wrap of April. In April, this is the worst month yet, viewing-wise. I only got 26 movies in this month. Oh, slacker. I know. Last month was 37, February was 39, January was 59. So slowly dropping off. Slowly dropping off. Been um, busy, though. Been busy, been a lot of work, been a lot of news and stuff trickling out this month. So when that happens, I, obviously I don't get a movie in. So, so far, we have got 173 movies done in five months, four months. 173 so far, 2021. 2020 was 565. So that puts you what? So, three, that puts you behind. I'm a bit behind, yeah. Way, way behind. Yeah. <laughs> Probably about 30 odd films, 30 or 40. Oh, uh, no. Well, we'll pick up the pace, hopefully. Okay, so now we like to try and break down, like, um, who's my most watched actor, who's my most watched director. Uh, these ones here um, can't break down by month. So this is, like, accumulatively over the year. Right. And then by the end of the yep. year, we'll discover my most watched director, my most watched actor for the year. Um, director. Now, it was Clint Eastwood at three a number of months ago, three films. Uh, but because I've been watching all these DC animated films, a couple of the DC animation directors have now taken top spot. We've got Jay Olivia at number six and Sam Liu at number five. So mm. <laughs> so these movies, and with like 20-odd left, <laughs> sure. they're going to just completely blow it out of the water this year, oh, exactly. I think. Yeah, exactly right. Which is going to be a bit anticlimactic. Actors-wise, now... Jean-Claude has been sitting at the top all year with nine films, but he finally has... Knocked him off. Not has been knocked off. Oh. <laughs> he's still there, but he's equal, number one. Ooh. With Andrea Romano. Who the hell's Andrea Romano? Andrea Romano is a very, very, very well-respected voice cast, uh, voice okay. director, who direct... Who Directs, does the voice direction and the casting of many Warner Brothers animated titles. Batman, the animated series, like she won an Emmy for that. Animaniacs, all this kind of shit. Um, and obviously when they do these animated things, a lot of the staffers get kind of little cameo roles yeah. in the films. And because I've been watching so many of these DC movies, she's obviously had little cameo roles in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, she's, she's just kind of tied with John Claude now. Um, and I think um, she'll overtake him again. Yeah, with like twenty odd movies left. God, goodbye, Jean Claude. How many more did she? Do? I don't know. Direct? I don't know. Well, she didn't. I don't know. But she's been in them. I'm, I'm guessing just as like little cameo roles. Um, so likewise, the three runners up. We got Bruce Tim and Kevin Conroy. They've done. They've been in six. Bruce Tim, very well known uh, voice actor for Superman, and Kevin mm-hmm. Conroy is like the ultimate Batman voice yep. actor. And then Great Lyle Griffin uh, with number five, which she's been in five. She's a a, a very good voice actress uh, as well, and she is she's obviously been in a few of these movies too. <laughs> so the DC movies have really taken over my letterboxed, uh, which is crazy. Television wise, uh, we've been watching for all mankind. We finally finished season one, which is really good. Yeah, it was good. We've watched that all in a really week. Enjoyed that a bit. Very good. So we're going have to been told season two is better. Yeah, we have been told season two is like crazy. Okay, like, wait, at, uh, yeah. yeah, my Apple. friend over at Apple, Apple TV, yeah. um, who said 
she recommended it to us actually because uh, when I was doing the Mythic Quest junket with her, I was talking about the Apple shows and she said, have you checked out For All Mankind, For All Mankind yet? And this is not just to like plug the show because the new season came out ages ago. Yeah, that's right. She's just saying, have you have you seen For All Mankind? I said, not yet. She's like, check it out. So I watched it and I told her we've watched season one. It's so good. She yeah. said, wait till you get to season two. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I can't wait for that. Looking forward to that. Hey, you know what else we did this week? Jeez. Oh, it was very loud. Deadwood update. We, we've done it. We watched an episode we did, this week. Yeah, we did our. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did our Tuesday night Deadwood. Yep. And it was actually a good app too. Yeah, well, we that again, what happened? Again, for those who haven't been listening, Deadwood, it's a show we've had like an on and off relationship with over the years. We've tried to watch it three times. Stop, start, stop, start. We go back to the beginning, start, stop, start. So now we're just, we're like adamant that we're going to finally get through this Plowing bloody show. Through. And we've realized that it's not a show that you can binge, it's a show that you've got to watch one a week. And the pacing is actually working quite a bit better. It's easier much, to much kind of get into it and watch that it. Way. So this week's episode was very eventful. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Fights and stabbings. And yeah. It was awesome. Guy got his eye gouged out. Oh, yeah. Guy got his head oh. like slammed against a rock. <laughs> yeah. His eyes just hanging out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then get awesome. hit over the back of the head with a fucking piece of wood. Yeah, wood exactly. Plank. Shit, it was good. It was, it was a good hip. But you know what happens after a great episode oh, like yeah, this. Oh, yeah. Everything just goes back to normal the next week. Nothing, no, no, nothing would have happened. <laughs> yeah, it won't be. They won't allude to it. They won't reference the fact that someone's just been beat to death in the in the town. They will just go back to normal, like yep. like life exactly back right. to normal, and it'll be boring again for the rest of the season. Mm. There's always like one really good episode a season. I'm guarantee, I guarantee that was that this. was the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the? That's yeah, that's nine, nine point one yeah. that episode. <laughs> and also, Shit. and um, Elma makes a move on her husband, and her husband oh, sort yeah. of rejects her. Sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a crazy show. Crazy episode. It was a good episode. Crazy, crazy for episode a, for a change. For a change, yeah. Loved Still. It. Slow and dull. Yeah. But it was a good And had some good though. moments. Yeah. yeah, it was good. There you go. Will so, we yeah, get... so we look forward to next week's one now. So, yeah. yeah, we're getting to next week. So here we go. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Ah, hey, do you want to play a game? Sure, we why not? We played games last few weeks. It's fun. What's this week? Why not? We're going to... Well, last week we missed Shite or All Right. So we're going to do it again. We're going to play an episode of Shite or All Right. Well, Shite or All Right. Let's do it. All right. So, awesome. of course, Shider All Right is the game where we pick a couple of random movies off IMDb. Um, we will each, essentially each IMDb title has a random URL that leads to the, the, the title, obviously. Um, and it's like seven numbers in a row. So before the show, we both key in a couple of random numbers and pull up a couple of random movies. The great thing is that there's so many movies out there, you're always going to land on something that is really obscure and uh, very likely a big piece of... Right. Uh, yeah. But occasionally you'll get something that's quite interesting. But anyway, this is the idea of like judging a book by its cover. We will each read each other. We do two rounds each. We'll each read each other this synopsis of this random movie that we've pulled up. And each of us has to decide whether it is shite or... All right, all right, all right. All right, so let's get into it this week. I think I started... <laughs> I think I went first last week. So how yeah, about so we go, go get you to go first, go first this week? Okay. Um... <clears throat> all right. Okay. All right. All right My all right. first one. Yeah, yeah. A mother, a mother personally challenges the local mm. authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. Oh, 
It actually sounds familiar, but I, I feel like there's probably lots of movies like this. It's so such a generic it's really generic thing, isn't it? Go again. A mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. That's oh, it. That's the description. That's it. Shit. It sounds, again, it sounds very familiar, but I don't think it's anything I've watched. I feel like it sounds like that... that we watched an HBO series recently, Sharp Objects, with mm. um, Amy Adams. It was a very similar kind of story. Um, I'm going to say, because it just sounds so ridiculously generic, I'm going to say it's probably a, 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 a piece of shite. You're saying it's shot? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, first, I didn't tell them that how we decided that it's shot all right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we judge by the IMDb rating, uh, which is we always figure that anything, when we go to JB, we decide, we pick what movies we want to watch. We always look them up on IMDb, look at the rating, and the rating usually judges whether it's a good movie or a bad movie, and we decide whether to buy it or not. So we always figure that any movie that is under a six is shot, and any movie that is over a Sorry, a five, a six, six. is alright. Yeah, right, right, but even if it's right. under, so we've bought some that are under six. Yeah, but I mean, normally we'll go to Rotten Tomatoes and see what Rotten Tomatoes scores yeah, yeah. and stuff like that are for them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that'll sort of make us determine on whether we buy one that's under. Yeah. So under anyway, six or so our determiner of whether a movie is shite or right is anything from zero to five point nine is shite, and anything from six to ten is all right. All right. Okay, so you have. We've, you've given me a thing, and I've said that I think it's going to be shite because it just sounds so generic. So what is it? All right, oh, all right, all right. It's all right. What is it? What do we got? It has an 8.1. Jeez. And it is a film you've watched. Is it? It's a comedy crime drama. goes for an hour, 55 minutes. Rating is an MA15 plus oh. here in Australia. What's the, what's the year on this? Released in... 2017. Oh, so it's recent. Yes. It is three billboards outside oh, really? Missouri. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I sound so familiar. With Francis, Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. There you go. Uh, Caleb Laundry jo- Landry Jones, Kerry Condon, Sam Rockwell, one of my favourite actors. Yeah. Um, and heaps of others. Yeah, wow. Well, there Woody you go. Woody Harrelson, another. You can't. Yeah. It was a Woody Harrelson. All right. Yeah. All right. So, all yeah. Right. So, at 8.1. 8. Yeah. Well, wow, there Great you film. go. Great I knew, film. I knew. I, I was like, I know this, but I picked that but one. I, just, I, pick, I picked that one because I, I had a few up, and I picked that one because it's just a just gen, so just generic, a, such a generic description. I feel like I've seen a million movies like yeah, that. There you go. Exactly you can't right. judge these things just by the. Yep. Okay, I've got one for you. And I thought that one would get you. Oh I yeah, get you too. yeah, got me, got me. All right. Okay, here we go. We got one. All right. When a couple of low life thugs get away from a heist, they just pulled. They never think about the outcome. After stashing their money in the woods, I'm going to find a woodsman who will do anything to kill and disappear into the night. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Sins. Just go again. When a couple of low-life thugs get away from a heist they just pulled, they never think about the outcome. After stashing their money in the woods, only to find a woodsman who will do anything to kill and disappear into the night. Oh, I reckon that sounds all right. You reckon it sounds all right? Yeah, Are you going to go with an all right? I'll, I'll go with an all right on that it because is. it sounds like something right at mine. It is. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, it's got a 4.9. Yeah, bugger. Yeah, this one uh, it was released in... Uh, 1997, stars a bunch of people you never would have heard of. William Kendall, Dawn Howard, Philip Connery, David Klosser, 
All a bunch of people with no with no pictures on their IMDb profiles. Um, it's called Raven's Ridge, mm. and it's an action drama. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. that sounded all right. I thought yeah. it might have been a bit of a crime horror yeah. comedy sort of no, thing. No, just some, what looks like some low-budget kind of, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> all right. Oh, Next one, please. God, Actually, is this like a <clears> – <throat> I don't know if this is – the poster that I, that IMDb has up is no, it's, a, it's got like a French poster. I thought maybe it's a French French film. It's not. It's an American movie. Mm. Anyway, next anyway, one for me, please. Yeah. Next one. Um, I'll have to. Um, okay. Yeah. There's character characters' names are in this. So I'll oh, you just gotta redact, like, them, redact them. Redacted. Uh huh. Gives a kick, gives. <laughs> Sorry. You're right there. Yeah, I should have said Sorry. you're not allowed to read character names or actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Redacted gives gives a doll to a crying little girl mm. when he when he was only. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Let me think about this. Okay, redacted mm-hmm. gives redacted gives a doll to a crying little girl when he was up, when he was around four years of age, and mm. after that, uh, they. They become best friends. Their families then split for good due to hatred among them, but he and she met each other again without knowing their past. I have what? <laughs> Ray, go again. He, mm. I'll say he instead of redacted. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gives a doll to a crying little girl when he was around four years of age, mm. and after that, uh, become best friends. So the two of them yeah, become yeah, yeah. best friends. Right. Their families then split for good due to hatred among them, but he and she meet each other without knowing their past. Sounds like shite. I don't know what this is, but it sounds like shite. So I'm going to say this is a shite. Well, if you're saying it's shite, yep. you would be correct. correct. Yes, what is this? It's a film called Vantage. Oh. Made in nineteen ninety, um, right. it's a it's a romance from Pakistan. Oh right. Um, so I told you what it's called. Yeah, and it has a four point nine. Four point nine. Um, runtime doesn't have a runtime. Don't worry about the runtime. No, oh, it doesn't matter. Unimportant. Yeah. So there you go. It was just shite. Uh, absolute shite. All right, let me give you one. Hey, one more. Joe and Mary live in Manhattan. She's the breadwinner working as a makeup artist. He's a wannabe actor working as a waiter. When a friend gets a soap part for $3,600 a week, Joe lowers his standards. Oh, that almost sounds like something we've watched. Um, Don't know. I, well, I won't say. I think it might be right. You think it might be all right? Do you want yeah. to hear it again or not? You yeah, just no, go again, go again. Uh, Joe and Mary, I've just said character names, doesn't matter. They're two generic character names. They yeah. live in Manhattan. She's the breadwinner working as a makeup artist. He's a wannabe actor working as a waiter. When a friend gets a soap part for $3,600 a week, Joe lowers his standards. Yeah, I think I'd. I think that'd be all right. You think it'd be all right? Yep. It is. All right, all right, all right. Awesome. This is one called The Real Blonde from 1997. It's a romantic comedy drama and it stars Matthew Modine, Catherine Keener, Daryl Hannah. 
Elizabeth Berkeley, huge cast, Christopher Lloyd, mm. Catherine, Kathleen Turner, Dennis Leary. Oh, really? Yeah, huge cast. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's called The Real Blonde. So there you go. That's uh, that one's all right. Apparently, surprised we haven't seen that one. Yeah, is that Dave Sh- Dave Chappelle and Steve Buscemi are in it as well? Huge cast. Really, um, I may have seen this. Really, sort of eclectic, eclectic. I've seen this. Have you? Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. I watched this. God knows why, but we watched this in um, media class at um, at high school. I remember this. I've seen it. Oh. And it was actually okay. I don't know why we watched that. There was a couple of my old favourites here, like Matthew Modine. I like him. Yeah, heaps of great people in that. Yeah, Dennis, so there Dennis you go. Dennis Leary is always good value. The Real Blonde. Yeah, I love Dennis Leary. I don't know why we would have watched that in media class, but mm. there you go. We did. Um, yeah, there you go. So that was this week's episode of Shite or All Right. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for we joining got, us. We got one each right. We did. Well done. I got to tally up like how many we've each got right, and have like a tally. Yeah, you have to go back over them. Yeah, I have to go over them before there's too many, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, can we bothered? Now, well, um, people love it when we have a little discussion instead of just like focusing on news and stuff. So I want to talk about something. This is something I've been wanting to talk about for a few weeks. I wanted to wait for like a slow news week sort of thing. Yep. And that's this week because it's this week. There's shitloads last week. Yeah, it's not much. This There's week. a little bit of news this week, which we'll touch on at the end. Um, but this here, um, this is something that's come to my attention. That um, it's a little bit. Again, we're following this theme of my um, uh, what do you want to call it? My existential crisis of coming up to thirty years old. <laughs> uh, what a crisis! Yeah, I know. Um, someone brought to my attention that we are now as far from the 1980s as the 1980s was from the 1940s. Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) My God. Um, and this is now opening up a new debate over what should be considered classic cinema. Well, the 2000s are from the 1960s when I was born. Oh, yeah. So this has opened up a whole new debate over what should be considered classic Classic cinema. cinema. Now, Nathan Fontaine, who's a follower uh, of mine, long-time follower, wonderful guy, um, he said that he watched Indiana Jones and it struck him that the original, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was inspired by 40s movies. 1940s, yeah. 1940s movies. And now that movie is 40 years old. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So for the, the time when that was made, it was inspired by 40-year-old movies and Raiders is now 40 years old. So now this has kind of brought up this thing, which is like the 1980s are now as far... Well, we are now far, as far from the 1980s as the 80s was it's from the, the 1940s. 40s. Yeah. I got a little bit of a... We kind of got a little bit of a Twitter thing and we're talking about it and I kind of... I guess I retweeted it and just kind of like... Thought, oh shit, this is crazy, um, and I. It hit me that I, I've obviously got a lot of followers who are, maybe even like in their twenties, who. See these movies as really old, like movies that were made in the nineteen eighties, mm. um, and even younger people now apparently believe that movies from like the 80s, 90s, and even maybe early 2000s are old films now. 
Um, so I got in this little debate. I was almost like, to me, I can't consider movies from this period as classic Hollywood, but some people do. Because I feel it's really weird to lump something like, even something like Raiders of the Lost Ark with Casablanca. Like, that feels weird to me. Mm. Yeah, it does a bit. Like, we have always considered classic cinema as like that period between, I guess, the 1910s through to, it was probably 40s, like the 19... 50s, well, I'd yeah. say 19, even pushing to the 1980s. Because okay. I've always felt like people like Paul Newman, Robert Redford, or them, they were still at the height of their game in yeah, the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So you would put stuff like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid alongside Casablanca. I kind of feel well, like it's Smoking your bandit or... Yeah, I mean, that yeah. kind of... But again, I'll get you to weigh in with kind of your opinion in a second. But I kind of had like almost this Twitter tiff with someone who was a, a fairly well-established critic... Um, and I guess we fo- we must follow each other on Twitter. Um, I, I believe they are a little bit older than me, um, but they believe that you can consider it a movie from the 80s or the 90s part of classic cinema. Now, I believe you can consider movies from this period a classic. Um, yep. Raiders is a classic. Yep. Um, Close Encounters. Star Wars. Well, Star Wars, yeah. Well, late 70s. Yep. But Empire Strikes Back is 1980. Yep. Classic. Revenge of the uh, Return of the Jedi. Classic. 1983. Um, stuff like even The Lord of the Rings, which was early 2000s, is a classic of cinema. Braveheart. Gladiator. But I would not consider it classic cinema. Oh, I've got a couple of views on this. One view, one view is, for me... Mm. Um, a lot of those films you're talking about, yeah. like Brady's Lost, they yeah. were inspired by other films. Yeah. So the films that inspired them are mm. classic cinema. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking things that were probably made, you know, as you said, 1910 through to yeah, 1960, yeah. 70, whatever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the um, more recent films mm. that people are now considering classic cinema. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I could actually consider them as being classic cinema. Yeah. Because classic cinema, when I think of classic cinema, it's it's um, it's films, you know, films that were that were groundbreaking. They told mm. new stories. Golden age of cinema. Yeah, and a lot of the and a lot of the stories we we see today are mm. stories that have already been yeah, told. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's an original movie, you've seen it. It's been done before. Yeah, exactly right. Because you know what's the what was the the theory that there was like three oh yeah like three stories or four yeah. stories. Well, time. most stories, most movies, most stories will follow the one formula, which is the hero's journey. Yeah, exactly right. Which is what Pixar uses yeah. on all of their films. Yeah, uh, Star Wars followed it. Um, the Kira Kurosawa films, like yeah. the Seven Samurai, the Magnificent Seven, which is the the Seven Samurai. Yeah. Um, the hit Forbidden for everything, every movie that has like a leading character who's Fighting for good, it's the hero's journey. Yeah, you know, and almost every every story follows it. But then there's but then there's another, and then like High Noon's another one. Yeah, well, yeah, we exactly right. Early, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <coughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <coughs> it's a bit of a choking there. You're right. Um, <coughs> here we go again. Mm. Take a little um, sip, quick sip. What was I saying? 
um, classic <laughs> classic movies and the hero's journey and all that shit. Yeah, um, yeah. So High Noon, High Noon's a classic example of that. Yeah, follows the hero's journey, all that stuff, and that and that and that inspired a lot of mm-hmm. westerns to yeah, come yeah, after yeah. it. Yeah, and even films that were only a few years after that, mm. it probably inspired yeah, those as well. Some way, Things, probably, yeah. a lot of a lot of Clint's films, a Pale Ride and stuff like that. Yeah, would have taken some. Would have taken that. something from that. Yeah, um, but then there's another thought mm. where when you talk about like classic cars and stuff, you're talking yeah, 25, 30-year-old yeah. cars. Yeah. So is something that's 25 years old or 20 mm. years old a classic? Yeah, well, that's what you'd usually, yeah. That's, that's the, not what I would consider classic. Mm. For me, it is films that inspired other films that were mm. made in early cinema, now, golden to, age of cinema. Right, yeah. Well, for me, classic cinema is the golden age of cinema. Yeah. And there's so. such a distinctive period Again, where there are these new stories being told, or yeah. even like even a lot of these movies were based on books or plays or anything, so nothing's exactly original right. to begin with. Yeah, but these were they're the first time these stories are being told on film. Um, but the aesthetics of this period are so different to now. Yeah, and these were the movies that were inventing cinema as the art form that it is. Yeah, that's right. And that's why we then fall back on everything these movies did. Because they set the they set the stage for everything that yeah. followed. So even things like even things like for me like a new hope, mm. um, I would consider that as classic cinema. Yeah, I would too. And the reason the reason reason for that is because it was groundbreaking. Yeah. It, it it created new ways of doing things. But like okay, so we take Lord of the Rings, which was like early two thousands ish, probably. Yeah. Now they were very very groundbreaking movies. So is that classic cinema? You're still groundbreaking in the early 2000s because they're developing digital filmmaking. Yeah, 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 that's true. But are they telling new stories mm. as well? Like A New Hope, that was really a new yeah. story. Well, well no, because that's the hero's journey. Yeah, true, I suppose. That's just the Kira, Kira, I suppose the when you Kira look at, Kurosawa when you look at, films. When you look at romance films, mm. um, most of that can be, can be uh, um, taken back to Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah, exactly. The classic it's, it's interesting. Story. Now he's something. He was something it's bizarre, funny. It's a bizarre thought. He was something little... funny, right? Well, because someone someone chimed in and said, I can't remember who it was, but they said they had asked their friends' kids if they wanted to watch Back to the Future, and the kids replied with, "We've never watched black and white movies." <laughs> <laughs> right, Back to the Future, nineteen eighties, early nineties. That's hilarious. So I don't know. I think it's weird, and I think um, that a lot of people have different thoughts on this. That you can get—you're so far out now. These movies that were made in the eighties and the nineties—you're thirty or forty years out from. You can consider them classic cinema. At the end of the day, it's all just terminology. It's all yeah, just exactly. um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for here? S- uh, uh, semantics. Yeah, really. Yep. That's all it is. But I feel like. There's just such a vast difference between those movies made in those early days of cinema, even from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. Um, I don't know. But then I kind of think of it and I feel like cinema now is very different to what it was in the 80s and the 90s. Maybe there's three periods of cinema now. You know, you've got that golden age. That's yeah. what I would consider classics. You've got the middle age and then you've got this new era. I think... I think maybe it's the time where we need to reassess how we're labelling films. That's a thought. Um, I mean, because you've got that whole, like, with, with, with you know, Disney films and stuff, mm. or even, even yeah, um, yeah. like Marvel and DC yeah, and stuff, yeah. you've got all different ages, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
we've got the golden age of comics, yeah. the silver age, the bronze age, and yeah. the, the you know the Disney periods, exactly the, right. the the golden age, the the well, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. The, the, so the silver that, age, the whatever. so is that the way you've got to look at cinema now? Oh, maybe. I the mainstream like film, or because we have passed an entire period or generation of films, 1980s to 19, to 2020s, yeah. which is that same period as that early age of cinema. Yep. So we have like these three, we're going into like this new age. Cinema's not that old. It's like 100 and like 15, 20 years old or whatever. It's like, you know, whatever. Cinema's not been around that long in the whole scheme yeah. of everything. Yeah. Cinema was still being pioneered through to, like, to, through to now. If you think about yeah. digital cinema, like we've hit this... But, but but like even even if you're looking at more modern stuff yeah. where you've got digital technology and stuff yeah. taking over, I don't know whether you, whether whether just because they're groundbreaking in that regard, mm. whether you really consider it as being classic cinema. No, that's what I'm saying. Because, no, see, because this is what they're I'm the saying. same stories, no, just being presented not, in a different manner. Yeah, but that's not exactly what I'm trying to get at. The, the point, the idea of considering something like, okay, Die Hard to me is a film that is class, classic. That's a classic it's film. It's a classic film, but, but is it's, it classic it's not classic cinema. cinema. That's right. It's not classic cinema. Yet, yeah. Whereas other people, some people will, will don't see that difference and they will go, no, that is classic cinema. And this, they, some of these people I was speaking to, they were like, why can't you put Casablanca next to Die Hard? They're both old movies. But it feels weird to me. And I don't know, maybe is this because this uh, this next part of it is, is this because I've been alive in this kind of period where these movies were, were made. made? And does the period that you are born, the the era where you're born, change the way you look at things? So oh, obviously no doubt. you got 10, 15, 20-year-olds now are looking at a movie like Die Hard and going, that's fucking old. Yeah. So to them, why do we got 80, 90,000, 20, 20, it's a 40-year-old movie, right? Um, for, yeah, it would be like a 40-year-old movie. So to them, that would be like uh, Cool Hand Luke to me as a kid. Yeah. Right? And you're looking back at Die Hard, even like Star Wars The Phantom Menace is like 30 years old. Oh, Jesus. Um, and 30, is that right? That is right. No, 20 years. Yeah. 99, so 20, 20, 22, 22 years, nearly yeah. 25 years old. So even that is as old as something mm-hmm. like a movie from the 70s was. You know, Paul Newman, Robert Redford films. So you're trying to tell me that Phantom Menace is a classic? Oh, see, but, see the, but younger people would think it is because it's an old movie. This, people, This is just the idea of people lumping old movies together. But I feel like they shouldn't be. I still feel like there is just very specific eras, very specific. Interesting, when I worked at FOP, HMV yep, store over yep. in Cambridge, they had their, what I would consider a classic cinema, yeah. they had that labelled as vintage it was the that's the uh, vintage, okay. and I think over in the UK they do consider classic cinema vintage, right? So you have the vintage era. Now, how would you label cars? You've got vintage cars, which are like twenties, thirties, forties cars, right? Yep. And then you would have what probably what would you consider cars like fifties, sixties, seventies, classics? Um, well, yeah. So yeah, so vintage for me would be. You know, A model Fords and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, twenties, thirties, forties. Um and yeah, classics. I mean, even even like I watch a lot of those car shows mm. and they and they revert refer to cars as being classics. Yeah. And the, and we're talking about car fifties and sixties. Yeah. 
So maybe this is now how we start. Maybe the classics have now become that middle 40 years maybe. and the vintage films mm. are the old things. Yeah. I, can't, that's, I think I, that's, I'm happy with that. I think I'm happy with that, actually. Did it work? I think that works. It's just now a matter of getting, just working your head around it. Yeah. yeah. I think what this comes down to is it's really just a perspective of time. Oh, there's Depending no on when no you're born it. and... Because someone that's born today yeah. will look back in, look back at stuff that's being made today yeah. and think, geez, that was made 20 years before. Yeah. That, that was made when I was born. That's so old. Yeah. Or film that was made when you were mm. the year you were born. Yeah. People are being born today. They'll go, geez, that's old. Mm. By the time they're 20, that'll be 50 years old. Well, movies like Titanic... Gladiator, Braveheart, mm. these movies that were made in the 90s, Adam Sandler comedies. Yeah. You know, they're just, they are. A lot of them you look back now and you go, that's a very, da- that's very dated. So even something like Avatar. What year was Avatar? Oh, Avatar was 2010. 2010. But still, that's. But still, someone, <laughs> someone born today, by the time they're 20, that's a 30 year old. Hey, film. by the time James Cameron gets through his next five Avatars, it's going to be like 20. <laughs> no, seriously, it's going to be like 2032 or something. So oh. the first movie will be 20 years old. Um, God. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think you're right. I mean, classic, you, you can sort of do that. You can say, oh, well, that, that's classic and they're vintage. The vintage, yeah. I think maybe that's what we have to do now. It's yeah. weird. But again, I think, I don't know. The, I don't know whether it's because the older I'm getting or just the more that I'm just really interested in, like, the whole idea of, like, the history of the universe and all that shit. But I, 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 what, what a lot of people don't realise is that we're here for such a small amount of time. That's right. And we... Judge, I don't know, we judge these things just dependent on our own perspective. Mm. And we see like, oh, we've been alive for 20, but we're just such a, like a speck. Like there's that idea of the cosmic calendar where yeah. you put the entire history of the universe in a calendar, the entire um, history of of mankind, the the creation of the, the, the world and the dinosaurs and cavemen yep. and all of us, all of this history that we know about happens in the last second of the last day on the cosmic calendar. And that is how, well, like, yeah. how insignificant and how tiny our, like, amount of time. Yeah. That all of that, billions of years, is the last second of the last day of the cosmic calendar. Mm. So it really comes down to, like, this idea of your perception of time. your yeah, sure. Which, um... Your timeline. Yeah. And the longer you... That's the longer sure. The longer time goes on, the more you have to start reassessing how things fit in and really... In the scheme of the cosmic calendar, Casablanca was made pretty much exactly the same time that Billy Madison was. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's just a weird way you have to come about looking at it. One thing I was going to say is like, how would you consider? We've probably moved on a little bit, but I would, I'm interested to know how you would see because I say that I would consider what we now branding the vintage age of cinema. I would say it's probably from like the 2010s to the, to the 1970s, uh, because I feel like that's all up to right up to the end of the 1970s. So for me, that's like bang, right? That's that period because I feel like that's the period that really fits together. But because you were born in the 1960s. And now I'm saying movies from the 60s and 70s are vintage or classic cinema. How do you see them? Do you see those movies as being... Do, would you put Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid next to Casablanca? Uh, probably would, yeah. You probably would. I probably would. Maybe you're just old enough to now go, okay, there's old movie. <laughs> they're old movies. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Um, for me, anything... anything Pretty much prior to my birth, yeah, 
is it like is old movies. So then how would you it's consider old. something like made in the 60s, the 70s? Would you still see them as part I'd of that old I'd see them as bunch? classic. So you wouldn't see – so you wouldn't – okay, that's the question is – But, but, sorry, uh, this, is a, this is a tough one for me <laughs> because I, I would consider them as – some of them as being classic. Um, yeah. I would put – now, I, I, I would, can't explain it. I would put – Because there'd be films like mm, – it was Cool Hand Luke, mate. Well, like 1960s, I guess, okay, to have a look. So, so, so I, I would, or was that 70s? I would class that as being a classic film. Yeah. And is, it, and is that because it was Paul Newman? Well, that's – I think for me that's part of it, 67. So for me the idea is that these kind – but then so – So what, what you would consider as being – Almost the original Hollywood actor. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of. But then, you know, see, Kerry I would Grant and see, I would bun. Yeah, but see, they Carrie. That's the next weird thing. Carrie Grant, Bogart, James Cagney, Jimmy Stewart. They were doing movies in the twenties. Yeah, that's right. And then they kind of phased out by the time you get the new breed, which is Paul Newman, Robert Redford, Steve McQueen, uh, yeah, Jane Fonda, yeah. all those. And then the new breed after that is George Clooney, it's Brad Pitt, it's Julia Roberts, um, you know that. And then we've even got this new wave coming through. Yeah. Um, so I so, so has I, it got to, has it got something to do with the actors and the actresses? Yeah, that I think were in so. These things? I think so. I don't know, but anyway, I think it does come down to the idea of perception. Okay, so the, my question: this just kind of just gauge how you see movies. Like I would put. A Paul Newman, I would put Cool Hand Luke and Casablanca in the same bracket. But would you, personally? Um, yeah. You would? Yeah. Yeah, so you would see that as an old, you would see yeah, they're old movies. Well, I'm old. So. Yeah. So you, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Just, it's just interesting because I'm kind of trying to gauge the theory that it's the people's perception of time. And you, just considering things old. Well, God, I don't know. I don't know how to think about it. <laughs> it's such a confusing. It is, um, isn't it? Again, okay. end of the day, semantics is really what it yeah. comes down to. But it's like the, the, the classic Hollywood actors for me are people yeah. like Cary Grant and Bogart, yeah. and um, we've got Cary Grant going up to the sixties and seventies anyway, and Paul Newman, yeah. and Robert Redford, and these guys for me are classic yeah. Hollywood actors. Mm. Whereas I don't consider people like George Clooney yeah. or Brad yeah. Pitt or any of these guys as being classic actors. Yeah. They're very good actors, mm-hmm. and in time they'll probably become classic yeah. actors. And it gets back to that. Yeah, yeah. it's just a perception of time mm-hmm. when you're born, yeah. and all those. Sorts of, so someone born in ten years' time or twenty years' time will look back at George Clooney and Brad yeah. Pitt and go, "Oh, geez, they, these old actors yeah. were fantastic." Yeah. Yeah, anyway, we could go around in loops all day, but I think we've kind of nailed it. It's a perception of how you view your point in history and these things that have come before and how you can lump them. I think that you have to take into consideration the actors, you have to take into consideration the period that they were made in, the people that are making the films. Vintage, let's brand it vintage cinema, 1910s up until like the late 1970s, 1980s up until I guess 20... (laughs) What, 2020? Yeah. Which is the 40-year bracket. And then because we're seeing these new actors coming through now. Yeah, exactly right. You know, who are now blowing up, I guess. Yep. Michael B. Jordan and and actors like that. And Susha Ronan, um, uh, people that that are doing all these smaller indie films and stuff. Margot Robbie, um, uh, you know, the people doing the Marvel films, all that kind of shit. I feel Mm. like, yeah, you've got this new era now. Crazy. At the dawning of a new age. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Every forty years seems like a fairly good. Yeah, because that's I guess that would be like the average the lifespan, lifespan. Of, a, of, of a classic. Yeah, act, of an classic actor. actor. Yeah. The lifespan of like a creative is forty yeah. years. Well, yeah, there you, you go. Prob- you're probably, you're probably, Let's knock that down. Yeah, Done. Good. I, I'd be interested to hear what other people have to say on this. Tweet me or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, it's, been, it's just been a strange topic that's kind of um, had me had me going around uh, because a lot, cause I'm seeing a lot of the actors that I grew up with in films, Eddie Murphy, Ben Stiller, yep. um, uh, I guess people who would do like like the height of the game in the 1990s. Even Clooney, Brad Pitt, yep, Julia yep, Roberts, yep. Sandra Bullock. Yep. Um, I'm they're they're older now. Yeah, that's and right. I watch well, movies now. Age. Yeah, and I'm watching movies now. And I'm thinking these guys are kind of at that point in their career where you look back and you watch Paul Newman in a '90s film and you think, oh, he's he's a bit. Oh, this is one of his later films. Yeah, exactly. He's a bit older yeah. here. So now I'm looking at these actors and going, oh, they're kind of at that point in their career now where they are the older breed. Yeah, the back end of yeah, it. Yeah. So it's these weird ways that we see things. Anyway. Let's yeah, put it, that's that's probably for sure. Let's put a nail Vin, in that one. Vintage and vintage and vintage classic, classic new era. Yep. Yeah. Now let's do a ranking of every single vintage movie ever made. Oh, a Jesus. ranking of every single. Okay, Pub, you got about three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, this also kind of leads into a weird thing. We won't spend too long on this, but um, every time I see someone. Uh, every time we see like someone making a reboot or a, re- or a remake or something, particularly now again, we're at this time where things that were made when I was a kid are being rebooted. The Lion King, yeah. the Animaniacs, the Rugrats. Mm. And every time this happens, you get people probably around my age, maybe a little younger, complaining, why are you rebooting this? Why are you reviving it? Leave it dead. Don't touch it. You're recasting the voice. Why are you recasting the voice of this person, right? Okay, now let's think back. Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, Mickey Mouse. Yep. They have been done over and over and over again for decades and decades, and we just take it for what it is. Yeah, These characters right. that have been around forever. Mickey Mouse, 90 years he's been around. How many reboots have there been of Mickey Mouse, really? <laughs> every single many. different series, every single movie, every single whatever is a reboot. There have been reboots of Scooby-Doo since 60 years, the Flintstones, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, so again, it comes down to this perception of time that people are now seeing these movies that were made in their time being rebooted and going, you can't do that. But the move, the, the stuff that was made before them has been in this continual yeah. loop. So we're at this point now where the stuff we grew up with is now getting caught in this loop where they've become like part of this echelon of classic things. That's now their time to get that reboot. And it will yeah. probably happen over and over and over again. It seems to happen every 20 years, totally. Yeah. Because. Introduce a new generation. Yeah. Well, exactly right. Because I was going to say stuff that spawned when you were born Flintstones, Rock and Bullwinkle. Yep. Um, they did the live action films when I was, That's right. when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. So that was like the reboot for this generation. And then Scooby Doo. There were Scooby Doo live action films yep. when I was a kid. Yep. Um, and then there are dozens of Scooby Doo series that have been. So, particularly on the back of the Rugrats. Because I'm seeing so many people getting so angry that they're rebooting the Rugrats and in CG animation. Um, but like, such a classic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, such a great series. Yeah. Why not introduce Terrific. it to a new exactly generation? Right. I know. I had someone yesterday like, you can't do that. Because so, I said, I did a little review on the trailer. I was like, look, this has been made for kids of today. Yep. It's not being made for you. They're making it for your kids to watch, but for 
something in there for you to enjoy while you're watching it with your kids. Yeah, that's right. Right. So with you going to see the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, it wasn't made for you. No, it was made for for me. Exactly right. But there was something in there that would grab you. Nostalgia. There's the nostalgia. It was like, oh shit, I'm going to see Rocky and Bullwinkle on the big screen. And for you, and for you with Rugrats, it'll be it'll be the nostalgia. That's why you'll watch it. Exactly right. And. The stuff like the new Star Wars sequel trilogy were made mm. for for kids because the right. Star Wars movies have always been well, made that's for what kids. Got you into it? Yeah, Star Wars. Well, the, I was the nineties kid who grew up with the prequels, and yeah. I loved the pro- prequels because they were my Star Wars yeah. as a kid. Then went back and watched the originals. Yeah, and even then, the older people were like, "Oh, these new movies suck," but I loved them. Yeah, the kids today love the Star mm. Wars sequels. You know, and yeah. I love them because of my connection with the older films. So, and if you had, and if you had kids now, yeah. you'd sit down and watch yeah. the, that new exactly Rugrats. Right. Yeah. I used, to, I used to sit and watch the Rugrats yeah. with you when you were a kid, yeah. and I loved it. So I had someone this week getting very angry, like, don't you dare tell me this is made for kids, it's made for me, it's made for the people who love it. It's not. No, it's not. It's and I hear kids. this over and over again. It happened with Star Wars, it happened yeah. with whatever. Um, I just think we've got to get outside of this bubble, of this time perception that we're living in, right? Just keep introducing it to new, exactly to, right. to new generations. This is the That's natural progression of, like, like, like star characters and stuff like that. I spoke with Rob Paulson a few weeks ago about how they brought back the original cast for the Animaniacs. Guarantee you, 20, 30 years' time, they're going to do the Animaniacs again. It's going to be a different voice cast. Yeah. Um, I've, got, I've had a lot of people who always get mad when they replace a voice actor. They're like, how dare you do that? This voice actor has died. <laughs> how can you replace the voice actor? Because they're dead. But at the end, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, they've passed away. Just because they've passed away doesn't mean they can't, you can't keep the character alive. Like Mickey Mouse has been yeah, voiced right. by like a dozen people over ninety years, yeah. probably more. You know, whatever, yeah, yeah. however many people, and they once they pass away, you get new, you pass the torch. Exactly right. You have to look at someone like Tommy Pickles as like a Mickey Mouse, because this yeah, yeah, it's this right. um, star character who has to be kept alive some somehow. Mm. They're going to keep making the Simpsons when yeah. that when that cast dies. They don't. They're never going to stop making The Simpsons. No, exactly right. That will keep going forever. So no, no, and The Simpsons, the animation of that never changed. But things yeah. like the Rugrats, mm. they're change. You know, they're presenting that in in three D yeah, animation. Yeah. That's because the kids of today. That's what they've exactly grown right. up with. Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, I can't believe why are they doing it in CG animation? Because the How kids dare of they today do? have grown up. Exactly with it. And right. In twenty years' time, if they do another one, or twenty five or thirty yeah. years' time. There'll be another form. Yeah, holograph, holographic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, holographic. I'll be walking around your living room. Oh, my God. Get out of here, little rugrats. Get out. Be pissed Dude, oh, that'd be weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, again, it's that idea of your perception of time. You have to look at it like this is just naturally what is going to happen with like a big IP, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a big yeah. franchise, classic characters. Yeah. They're always going to be rebooted in some way. Like they might stop, I guess, my what I would see happening with The Simpsons is probably they'll round out this series with this classic, the, the original voice actors, maybe 40, I might go for 40 years. They'll stop making it for 10 years and then they revive it with a new cast or something. Mm. It's in some Possibly. new style of wacky, modernised, kind of stylized animation. But The Simpsons will be something that a little goes on forever. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, yeah, well, they're with Disney now, so yeah, God yeah. knows. Um so I think, yeah, it's one of those weird things. And they've probably homogenised it a bit now. We haven't watched a lot of the later stuff. No, I haven't watched it. They've probably homogenised it quite a bit. I think they have. I think I think even when I stopped watching it, they'd started to do that yeah. with it a little bit. Um, I probably watched 15 seasons of it, maybe. Mm. I don't remember watching maybe six. I don't know. But I remember not really liking it after season they, 12. They only got up to about season 20 on Disney. They only released, season, yeah, they only released the first 20 and even some of those I haven't watched. Yeah. 
Um, but there's 32 seasons at the moment. And they've been re- they've been like signed up for like another three or something. I don't know. It's just going to keep going forever. Um, but yeah, so I. But that's a funny thing now. I feel like the way I view the Simpsons is weird with the passing of time because now there's more episodes that I would consider bad than there are that were good. Yeah. So if I consider like the first 12 seasons good, there's 20 seasons of ones that I think are bad. So mm, is mm. The Simpsons now a great show that went bad or is it a bad show that was good when it first went when it, that was good at one point? It's a great show that went bad. It was bad. a great show. It was a groundbreaking yeah, show. Yeah, but now, given that there's 20 seasons of trash mm. and 12 seasons of good stuff. There's more shit than there is good. There's more shit than there is good. So is it a shit show because the shit outweighs the good? Is it a shit show that started good or is it a great show that went shit? Great show that went shit. Yeah, for I'd me. like to see it that way. <laughs> That's how I would like to see it. Yeah, Even exactly. though there's more shit than good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah for sure. Anyway. Again, it's I just think, a cash cow for somebody. Oh my gosh, it is for Disney now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because they'd still be getting Matt Groening. It'd still be. Oh yeah, absolutely. He probably still controls it. Doesn't I don't he? think so. I don't know no. how involved he is anymore. I'm not sure. Maybe he is. Mm. It's so different now. Actually, Disney just announced. This is a good segue into news. I wasn't really going to talk about it, but Disney just announced um, they, that throughout the year they're going to be doing a series of Simpsons shorts, which are like parodies of Disney franchises so they just released like a star wars theme one for star wars that was okay it wasn't great but i can imagine them doing like a marvel one or can meet mickey mouse or some i don't know uh but yeah so there's that um synergy corporate synergy yeah, at work. <laughs> yeah exactly right um, integration yeah crazy let's talk a little bit about news um we're doing okay for time today <clears throat> yeah, so, it's good it's a little bit of news here um We've been talking about, like, again, we've been charting the rise of streaming and the fall of cinemas for the last year. Yep. Um, and it just keeps, once you once you think, oh, this is happening, something else happens. Yep. And it's kind of, I think I think the studios and the streaming platforms and the theatres, they're all really still settling into this new age. And one minute we feel like they're at war with each other and the next it's almost like, they're trying to find a way to um, work in harmony. They're trying to find a way yeah, yeah. to kind of bring a balance to this new world of cinema. Um, Army of the Dead. It's a new Netflix film from Zack Snyder, who did those DC movies that we don't particularly feel anything no, about. No, uh, He's a great filmmaker. He's a very, very visionary filmmaker. Um, and his stuff is great, but I just didn't like what he did with the DC films. Um, So this is his next movie. It's called Army of the Dead. It's got Dave Bautista in the lead. Uh, But it actually looks very quite good. Again, he's visionary. So his stuff looks gorgeous, other than like the blue wash kind of DC shit. (laughs) Um, But his stuff like this, neon colours and stuff like that, it looks very, very good. This is a movie that's been made for Netflix. And... um, Here's, here's, here's something very interesting. Uh, Variety has reported that Netflix and movie theatres are finally playing nice. And all it took was a global pandemic to turn these antagonists into friends. So notably, it says, Cinemark, one of the country's biggest theatre chains, has agreed to screen Army of the Dead. 
It is booked at 200 Cinemark locations, making Army of the Dead the first Netflix film to score a wide release at a major theatre chain. The movie will play at roughly 600 theatres in total, including IPIC, Landmark, Alamo Drafthouse, Harkins and Cinepolis. Uh, Other major circuses, specific, uh, specifically AMC and Regal, will not be offering the film. So this is the first Netflix movie to receive a wide release at a major theatrical tra- chain. Mm, it's interesting. Yeah. Now they're going to run it for, I think, a week. I think it's up to a week before the film hits Netflix. So a week prior. Mm. Um, and it's going to be, yeah, the first movie that opens on this wide scale. That'll be interesting. So previously, um, uh, previously Cinemark, AMC and Regal have refused to screen Netflix movies. And only the smaller like independent chains have agreed to play them. And now this is mostly because Netflix refuses to abide by the 90-day theatrical window. So three months and then it hits home media. And Netflix has refused. But now they're playing nice. Now the cinemas are going, we need movies to play. Exactly right. We'll take your movie for a week uh, before you dump it on the streaming service. Um, And they have to do that, I think. Yeah. They have to. Oh, for sure. They won't survive. Uh, now, the Variety article also notes that without the AMC... Now, AMC and Regal still aren't playing nice. It's just Cinemark have said, we'll take it. AMC and Regal are saying, no, we won't take it. Um, Army of the Dead will have, uh, in Variety's words, will have a much smaller footprint than recent hits like Godzilla vs. Kong and Nobody. These titles each played in more than 3,000 locations, whereas Army of the Dead will only play at 200. But 200 cinemas are still considered a wide release. Uh, so that's interesting to see where this is going to go, and I feel like um, the other chains will probably start abiding soon once they see how maybe Cinemark does with Army of the Dead, mm. uh, which a film that's got massive buzz. And I imagine if you're dying to see this movie, you'll go and see it in a cinema early yeah. if you can. Well, cinema, cinemas are going to have to do it. Mm. I mean, you know, it was the AMC and Regal are not playing them. Yeah. Eventually, I, I think eventually they're going to have to because they, they're not going to have content to play. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. all these other cinemas are going to have all this content. Mm-hmm. And if they may only have it for a week or two yeah. weeks or something. Or they might have it for a week exclusively and then they might they might play it for three weeks but it'll be on Netflix at the same time as well yeah. after the first week. <clears throat> or something like that probably. Yeah. Um, but it'll give them content to play. Well, calling it content these oh, days. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is essentially yeah, what it is. Yeah. Giving them content to play. Yeah. Whereas, you know, AMC and Regal will be waiting for, you know, a Marvel film or a DC film or something like that, and they'll play it to death. They'll play it for yeah. eight weeks mm-hmm. because they've got nothing else to play. But yeah. so I eventually, I think eventually they'll probably I have to. They'll probably have to go. Oh shit! Tail between the legs. Let's go back to Netflix yeah. and do a deal. Yeah, <clears throat> there's always had to be like for the Netflix movies. Now Netflix has put a bunch of movies in cinemas, but they've only had to put them in the smaller chains. Um, and what it is, it's like they make they, there's this deal with the Academy where the Academy says to be uh, eligible for an Academy Award nomination, your film has to play in a theatre for a certain amount of days, and it might be like a week or two weeks. So that's previously what Netflix have day, been doing, days or something like that. So that's previously what Netflix has done, and now they're going wide. So it's going to be interesting. I feel like maybe it's just a way of Netflix getting their, having their films nominated as well. Probably, yeah. So they're probably. They're probably doing, well, each other. They're doing each other a favour. Well, previously they've only opened, like, the arty films, like Roma and Marriage Story and Mank and all these kind of movies. They get this uh, yeah. smaller release to be eligible for the Academy Award. Um, Army, of the De- Army of the Dead is the first one, uh, which is, like, kind of a major 
blockbustery kind of film that's going to cinemas and it's going wide. Mm. I'm interesting what happened. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't put put it past Netflix um, to start their own theater chain. It is a concept for you. Yeah, I think it's kind of outlawed though. Cinemas used to own their own movie chains years ago. Like we're talking like twenties, thirties, forties, and then they outlawed it because it was um, because. It was like a conflict of conflict of interest. They'd only start playing their own films and mm. they'd be raking a lot of money for their films and stuff. It was like an extra avenue. They were controlling 100% of the profits um, and they out- outlawed it in the end. So I don't know whether Netflix would be able to start their own theatre chain, but... Well, see, so yeah, so in Australia we have like the anti-siphoning laws yeah. is one thing and then you've got, then you've got um, laws about... Not owning too much media in the yeah. country, so that you don't have monop- uh, monopolization. Yeah. So yeah, you might be right. It might be the same in in the US and stuff yeah. where they can't, where they won't be allowed to open their own cinemas. Yeah. But maybe they can. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I don't know the laws like over there, like. Yeah. So we've got uh, yeah. So Netflix is starting to play movies in theaters. We've got HBO Max. They're playing their movies in theaters and on HBO Max day and date. Paramount Plus have come out now and they've said that they're going to offer. Something like a um, what, what, where's the number here? Um, they're going to offer um, thousand. No, thousand quite, no, 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 no. Um, let's go from the top. So, firstly, they've announced that they're releasing this new movie. It's called Infinite. Um, it's a sci-fi thriller starring Mark Wahlberg and Chiwetelijia Four, uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua. And this was supposed to go to theatres, but because of COVID and everything, it's like been a loop and they're like, we're just going to dump it on Paramount Plus. Uh, CEO Bob Backish of Viacom CBS, who owns Paramount, um, he, they, well, he has come out and, and announced that this is happening. Uh, he's announced that they're going to drop a 1,000 new titles on the streaming service in June, um, which is going to be called their Mountain of Movies marketing campaign. And they've come out and they have said that they're going to. Um, I don't know if I know if I put the number here. Um, there's a certain amount of like uh, new movies. I've got to find this article now because I don't think I wrote it down. Um, Paramount Originals. There's like a certain amount of original movies they're going to be releasing. Oh gosh, oh gosh, I can't even find it now. Uh, Hollywood. Oh, man, it's it's crazy though. It's one of those things where they're now getting like really heavy into the streaming thing. Um, this could be it here. I don't know. Uh, Paramount plans to debut one original movie a week beginning in twenty twenty two. Cool. Yeah. So they're gonna put all these. Yeah, they're gonna release a movie a week, an original movie a week. Oh, yeah, there it is right there on my... As long as, as, long as it's not watered-down quality. Yeah, well, you've seen the quality of half of Netflix's stuff. Oh, but, yeah, in addition to that, they're adding a 1,000... All those shitty Christmas films. Yeah, they're adding a 1,000, uh, like, um, catalogue titles in June. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, that's interesting as well. Um, Hey, we've got some more Marvel news. Ooh. We've got a sizzle reel this week. Ooh, Just we? randomly dropped. It was like... Um, it's called uh, Marvel Studios Celebrates the Movies. It's like they're saying our superheroes are here to save cinemas, to save theatres. <laughs> We're putting our movies in theatres. We're going to save it, right? Um, in it, it was just a bunch of uh, 
clips of of the older movies. Um, like a little, it's basically a big advertisement for all their movies that are coming out as well. So they play clips of Black Widow. Uh, they play clips of Sean Shi. Um, they played. Um, oh, they played our first look at the Eternals, which is uh, the film uh, that Chloe Zhao has done, of course. Um, who did Nomadland? We've got only very like ten seconds of it. So we get a very small idea of what this movie is like. This is the one that's like set over like thousands of years. It's about like this ancient race of immortals who for some reason have come to Earth and um, get mm. involved with the Avengers. Looks quite nice from what we can see visually. It's quite beautiful. You can see the real kind of nomad land kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what would you call it, like softer palette. Yep. In there, so obviously Chloe Zhao's brought her real signature style to this. Um, apparently, it's uh, from people who have seen it. Insiders are saying it is. Are you not? You're not prepared for this movie. In a good way. In a good that? way. Oh, apparently, it's amazing. Awesome. Apparently, it's amazing. So yeah, so we got our first look at no, uh, Nomadland at uh, the Eternals, which everyone's going crazy about. Yeah, that's, that's just a couple of little seconds there. It was yeah. Beautiful, isn't it? Really beautiful. There's, been, there's barely a poorly shot film those days. No. Not really, no. I mean, that sort of technology has come such such yeah, a long exactly way, and right. the style has come such a long way. Yeah, um, they the sizzle reel also announced that they've changed the title of Black Panther two. It's now titled Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. <laughs> um, Ryan Coogler, yeah, there's been a bit of a, da- a debate over oh, is that is, it's a bit the same. Yeah, a bit of a weird title. I don't know. I don't know if I like it very much. Um, but obviously, because it's not, it can't, they're not going to be focusing on T'Challa um, because of Chadwick Boseman's passing. They're retiring yep. the character. Ryan Coogler reshaped the script of the film. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who plays Nakia in the films, um, she said the way in which Coogler has reshaped the second movie is so respectful of the loss we've all experienced as a cast and as a world. So now it's going to focus more on Wakanda than the Black Panther character, I suppose. Yep. So they've gone for the title Wakanda Forever is the big title, and then it's like almost a subtitle across the top is Black Panther. Mm. So it's going to focus on the people of Wakanda. Right, okay. Um, so in that respect, the title works, but I still don't think it's a very great title. I don't know. Yeah, There's been a bit feels, of a debate. feels like it's a bit of a easy out. Yeah, I think so. Doesn't it? I'll just call it Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Yeah, sort of thing. Um, I don't know. It's a cultural movement, the Wakanda Forever thing. So, yeah. I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll work. Um, it's just a title at the end of the day. There's no doubt it'll work. Though. Well, absolutely. That movie's gonna be huge. I M- can't MCU, wait for it. They, yeah. yeah. Um, we got Captain Marvel two has now been retitled The Marvels uh, because yeah, I'm not, I'm not huge on that title. Um, because, uh, of course, Captain Marvel is going to be in it. Brie Larson is back as Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. We're going to get Miss Marvel in this, or Ms. Marvel, who you can see right there on your screen. It's a set photo of her, uh, Aman Vellani, who is playing Ms. Marvel. They're going to introduce Ms. Marvel in her own Disney Plus series, and then she will spin off into the Marvels film, as it's now being called. Right. And they're also going to be joined by Monica Rambeau. Played by Tayona Paris, who was in uh, WandaVision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so whether she goes under the name Spectre or Pulsar or she's had various different names in the comics or she was a Captain Marvel at one point. So if she becomes some sort of Marvel, they're going to be the Marvels now. So you've got Ms. Marvel, you've got uh, Monica Rambo, you've got um, Captain Marvel as well. So instead of like Captain Marvel 2, 
It's now the Marvels. The logo's terrible too, by the mm. way. I don't have it here, but the logo's terrible. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm looking forward to the film because I like the first like I, I didn't think the first Captain Marvel was the best movie Marvel's ever done. It's probably like middle tier for me. Mm. I'm looking forward to this movie, but that title is just I am not on yeah. board with that title. And in the end of the day, it's just a title. Can't change your book by its cover. No, Shine It All Right. It's, exactly uh, you know, right. We, we prove it every week on Shine yeah. It All Right. Um, so anyway, um, um, the the Captain of the Marvels opens November 11, 2020. Get the name of the title for Ant-Man 3 or I don't know what we're going to call it now, Ant-Man of the Wasp 2, Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania. This title was announced ages ago. But I don't know if you've heard it. Quantum Mania. Because they're going like into the quantum realm and all that. Just Quantum Mania. I think it sounds like a really just shitty title. (laughs) It sounds a shit title. And the logo's really crap. Like the logos. Someone posted, who was it? I think it's um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Daniel Lemon. He does uh, like a Disney podcast. Uh, He's a great guy. And he, he retweeted a bunch of the Marvel logos. And someone was like, it's the, the saviour of cinema or something. And he retweeted, and the death of visual design. Because <laughs> his <laughs> logos are just really shit. Um, so they got someone in the art department who's not, yeah. not great at what no. they <laughs> No, at the end of the day, it's just a title. It's just a logo. A lot of these logos get changed by the time the film comes out anyway. Right, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. That's going to be out on February 17, 2023. I think they just announced the title, the uh, the release date. And Guardians of the Galaxy 3 finally has a release date, or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. is uh, going to open on May 5, 2023. Uh, so James Gunn's going to jump straight into that one, straight off the back oh, of the Suicide Squad. for it? Well, we're going to have oh. the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special next year. So that'll tie us over, yeah. He's done it. James Gunn, as James Gunn's written. Apparently he was, like, he's been begging Kevin Feige to let him do a Christmas special for years now. (laughs) And Feige's been like, fuck, whatever, we'll put it on Disney+. Plus." Um, So they're doing, like, I don't know how long it's going to be. Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So it is, it's the full cast. Apparently they're going to shoot it concurrently with Guardians 3. Uh, so they'll shoot them kind of at the same time, oh, yeah. and then they'll release the Christmas special to Disney Plus next year, and then they'll do Guardians Volume 3 the year after. So it'll be tied <laughs> over a little bit. So, yeah, that'll be a bit of fun. Um, yeah, so there you go. A lot of good stuff coming with pretty shitty titles and crappy yeah. visual design. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah. It's a new era. Yeah. Someone broke it down to something like we've got four Marvel movies coming out this year. We haven't got one of them yet, but we've got four Marvel movies this year. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, and what's the other one? Is there an, oh, and Spider-Man, Far From Home. Oh, yeah. Um, and we've got six Disney Plus Marvel series this year. God, yeah. And then next year is going to be – so I don't know. So, that's, so much we've got, content. We've had WandaVision, we've had Falcon and the Soldier, we've got Loki coming up. I don't know what the other three are. Hawkeye, maybe. I think they finished filming that. I guess Ms. Marvel, if they're filming that at the moment. Maybe She-Hulk, I think they're filming. I don't know. But apparently we're getting like three more Marvel series uh, this year after Loki. So crazy. When's Loki start? Uh, June. They just announced the release date for that. I can't remember the exact date, but it's June. It's early June. And it's going to be Wednesdays Wednesday. now instead of Friday. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not happy with that. Friday night one I like my Friday night. I like my Friday night Marvel. Into the working week. Oh, yeah, I've got that time. Fantastic. I feel like. Or is it a way to break your week up? 
Well, I feel like they've got so much content coming out now. So if you look at it now at the moment, Friday nights, um, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier's gone, but they've just started a new Star Wars animated series called The Bad Batch, which looks great, but we haven't seen the Clone Wars stuff, so it's no no it's point useless. in jumping in yet. Yeah. Um, so they've got Bad Batch, they've got Big Shot, they've got Mighty Ducks, like three big shows landing on the same mm, day. Mm. I feel like they're going, fuck, we've got so much content now, we need to like split, split them over. They actually did a... Um, they did a poll a few weeks ago, actually. Now I'm remembering. Someone, there was a report that Disney had been doing some internal poll about whether people would watch with whether people would watch movie uh, these new shows on a night other than a Friday. So uh, okay, yeah. So now they've advertised this thing. They're like new Marvel Wednesday night is now Marvel night. So I think we'll probably get all the big. Marvel so that'll shows. be all going forward, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not happy with that. Oh, as long as they're good. Well, exactly. <laughs> I think we'll get in a rhythm. We'll be like, yes, Wednesday night. Deadwood night, Tuesday, and then Marvel night, Wednesday. <laughs> and then that opens up our Friday nights again to watch a movie. Yeah, exactly. So I think that'll be all right. It breaks your week up a little bit. Yeah. It gets you through that hump day. Something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. I suppose. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Here's something funny about um, Marvel as well. We'll watch this. Um, this uh, Andrew Garfield, who played Spider-Man yeah, in yeah. the amazing Spider-Man yep. films. Um, there's been all these rumours recently that Garfield and um, uh, Tobey Maguire Tobey, are yeah. coming back for, for the new Spider-Man 3, Far Multi- From Home. Um, whatever, yeah, the multiverse thing. Far From Home. Is it Far From Home? That was the last one. What's the new one called? No Way Home. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to do the multiverse thing. There's all these rumours. Well, obviously, Alfred Molina has been on set, being Doc Ock again. Um, he's very loose-lipped about it. He did some interview where he was talking about shit that he probably shouldn't have been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jamie Foxx is back as Electro, and everyone's been saying, oh, Maguire and Garfield are back, but there's been no announcements. So Garfield was finally um, asked about this um, in an interview, and this is his this is his reply. I kind of gauge whether at the end of this whether you think he's he's telling the truth or he's got or he's putting on a bit of a poker face. Mm. Let's have a look. I don't know how to bring up the Spider-Man stuff because obviously I don't even want to like ruin anything if there is something to ruin, except to there say- isn't anything to ruin, bro. I had to just quickly just cut you off. There's nothing to ruin. Really? Like, like it's so crazy to it's like- It's just gotten out of hand. This is all bullshit. Like I feel like I'm in a game of fucking werewolf or mafia where I'm like, I'm not the werewolf. I promise you, I am not the werewolf. And everyone's like, you're the werewolf. You're the fucking werewolf. Look at him. He's like, he's doing... Okay, so for the record, my friend, on a stack of whatever you have there, you are not, as of this taping, in or have any knowledge of being in the next Spider-Man movie. I feel like I, I, like, haven't I just said that? (laughs) You have. I just just want to get really clear. I want, this is the unequivocal yes, no answer. I did not get a call. Listen, listen, I would would have gotten a call by now. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, have like, you I don't want to like. I don't want to rule anything out. Maybe they want to call me. Maybe they're going to yeah. call me like and say like, "Hey, people want this." <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty genuine about yeah. it. Yeah, but he didn't definitively say no. no, did he? And he's also an actor. Yeah, and a very good actor at that too. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one to pick. Yeah, can't pick that. He at wouldn't. All. He didn't definitively say no when he was pre- no. pressed on it. Right at the end there, where yeah. he pressed him, he said yes or no answer. Yeah. His answer was, I didn't get a call. Didn't get a call. But did somebody knock on his front door? Yeah, did he get, or did he get a letter or an email? Or uh, 
He just seems very sheepish, I think. Yeah. He seems very convincing, but I think it feels like... And when, it, when it came down, if you know anything about body language... Yeah. When, when it came down to it, he didn't look straight down the camera. No, he started rocking or and... Computer. Moved, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was rocking and I kind of... Yeah. yeah. Eyes were all over the place, darting around, yeah. trying to think of what to say, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It could be something in it. Yeah. I know. The multiverse. Who knows? I mean, you've got, we know we've got Doc Ock and we've got uh, Electro from the previous yeah, two franchises. Yeah, yeah. There's a multiverse happening and it will be mad not to have the two Spider-Men. <sighs> Interesting. I'm sure we'll find out. He, he was convincing but unconvincing. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a very good actor, mm. but his poker face is a little bit sheepish. Yeah. Anyway, I've got one more tiny bit of news here. Now, Chloe Zhao, again, we've been talking about her all day, director of Nomadland and the Eternals. Yep. Uh, we've spoken last year about the fucking hundreds of movies that Universal, they're trying to do their monsters and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. How they've got like 35 movies or something that they're planning for their, their monster properties. Yep. They've just announced another one with Chloe Zhao. She's going to be directing a version of Dracula. Oh, um, it is going to be an original futuristic sci-fi western with themes of being on society's fringes. Uh, Zhao says, um, "I've always been fascinated by vampires and the concept of the other, the that, and the of the other they embody." I'm very excited to work with the team at Universal to reimagine such a beloved character. Zhao uh, told, "Well, yeah, she told this to uh, the Hollywood Reporter." Uh, so, yeah. Mm. Now, the funny thing is, Universal has another Dracula movie in development at the same time. Oh. <laughs> How the fuck can they do that? I don't know. Uh, that one's being directed by Karen Kusama, who directed Jennifer's Body and The Invitation, and it's being produced for Universal and Blumhouse, oh. who did The Invisible Man and who are yep. currently working on The Wolfman. This, is, this one is described as a faithful adaptation of Bram Stoker's original novel, which is, I guess, similar to what Francis Ford Coppola did with the 1992 version. Uh, Kusama says she wants to do justice to the book, specifically in terms of the different points of view illustrated in it, but it won't be the romantic hero version of Dracula we also know and love. So at the same time, we've got like this traditional sort of uh, retelling, faithful adaptation of the novel, and then Chloe Zhao is off there doing whatever the hell she wants to do because everyone's just going to just do whatever you want for us. And she's putting her own futuristic sci-fi western spin on it. Mm. Yeah. Now, as someone who loves the novel, it's my favourite novel of all time, there with The Great Gatsby and um, uh, The Phantom of the Opera, my three favourite novels. I'm really excited to see a... A, a traditional, a, a faithful adaptation of the novel. I feel like it hasn't been done properly ever. Even Ford Coppola's version I didn't really like. I love the 1940s version, or the 20s version, sorry, with uh, Bella Lugosi, or 30s, whenever that was made, uh, 30s. Um, that's fantastic, but it's so far from the book. It deviates so far from the yeah. book. It combines characters and it brushes over most of the story. Um, I feel like I've never seen like a real traditional telling, so I'm excited about Kusama's version, but then at the same time, really excited to see what Tommy Zhao does with like this sci-fi western version of Dracula. Oh, cool! That'll be that'll yeah. be 
whack, wasn't it? Yeah. So for me, like, how many times has Dracula been done? Yeah, hundreds exactly and hundreds right. and hundreds of times. Oh, even um, interview with the vampire was a very, oh yeah, 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 exactly know? right. And uh, while well, you've got all the like the Hammer Horror, the British versions with yeah. like Peter Cushing and um, uh, Christopher Lee, yep. uh, all those ones, and then you've got the the Universal ones that they the classic ones, and then the remakes and all that shit. So there's been hundreds of adaptations of Dracula, but I'm particularly I'm very excited about both of these. So this is going to be pretty cool, I reckon. As a Dracula fan, I'm excited. Mm. Reboots forever, I say. Look forward to the Zoe. Gosh, yeah. Um, Zoe one. Chloe Zhao, yeah. Yeah, whoa. Um, let's take a couple of subscriber mm. questions and kind of round out about two hours today. What do you reckon? Awesome. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Okay. I'm getting hungry. Me too. Uh, Blake. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. Blake Eisen, Patreon. Yeah. Uh, been around forever. Uh, forever, Blake. man. From Blake, the beginning, fantastic man. Blake, Blake. Thanks, Blake. Hey, Dave, old mate and old mate Rick. Hey, Blake, we just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Hope all is well down in Melbourne. Yeah, everything's good down here, mate. We're, yep. uh, we're cruising. Doing good, buddy. Uh, just wondering, uh, when will you watch the Ghibli movies? Ghibli. Ghibli. Yeah, people get annoyed with you. Oh, okay. Ghibli, yeah. <laughs> Ghibli movies? Yeah. I challenge you to watch uh, Spirited Away as soon as possible. It's the movie that sparked my love for cinema. I'm dying to hear your thoughts on it and all the others. They are superb. Keep up the great work. Up the swans. Mm-hmm. Uh, swans. <laughs> so the Ghibli films are obviously those animated films. Yep. Um, the, sorry, the anime ones. Uh, I've never really – I've seen Spirited Away a long time ago. Maybe I haven't. I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. I've seen uh, – Fireflies, Grave of the Fireflies, but this was like in school, so we watched them like oh, right, okay. split up. So I've never really watched them properly, but I do want to watch them. They're all on Netflix now, the Ghibli movie. I never bought them because they're anime, and anime is so expensive mm. on Blu-ray, like $40, $50 yeah, exactly. a movie, and they never come down in price. So I never went out and bought them, but now they're all on Netflix, and I've been thinking for like about the best part of a year now, I've got to watch them. Um, I do want to watch them and rank them at some point. And one thought that I did have was that I do like a, a watch party with patron uh, supporters, and um, we can sit and watch the the, the Ghibli yeah, films with the it. patrons. So we got to try and I've been thinking about it, and I've just got to try and figure out the logistics of how I'm going to go about doing it. But that's how I, w- I want to experience the Ghibli films with with patrons. So I'll be right there with Blake, awesome. watching them. And I want to go from the beginning. I want to do them like chronological order. So okay. I don't know what Spirit Away comes in, kind of in the middle there. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll get onto them very soon. I'm still kind of juggling. I have to watch you, the DreamWorks films too. That's the next bunch of movies I'm going to do a ranking of. I have to start watching them real soon because mm. I've just about run out of Pixar movies. Well, by by June, I've run out of Pixar videos. God. I've run out of Pixar videos. So DreamWorks is next. Uh, okay, next right. one. Uh, Tessa, oh, Mum, yeah, Tessa. Mum, Mama's geeky friend of the channel. Uh, why haven't you watched Saw yet? Yeah. What Mar- what Marvel Phase Four movie are you most excited? For? Well, we haven't watched Saw. Well, Saw is a big thing. So I'm in this group of YouTubers. I like Twitter chat. We just chat and stuff. Tess is in there. A bunch of other yep. people are in there, and they're all talking about how they're watching the Saw movies. I'm like, I have no interest. I've never watched them yeah, in my life. Yeah, I'm the same. And they're always both. The all of them are always prodding me. Like, why aren't you watching it? They're great. And I'm just like, I have no interest. Yeah. Don't like slasher gore kind of movies. Um, and they did. Um, uh, herself and Austin Burke and I can't remember. There was a couple of other people that were in this chat that she did. They did it like 2 a.m. the other night. They're like, you want to join? I was like, I'd love to be there for you guys, but no way. I haven't even watched the movies. I'm not going to sit and watch like <laughs> six or movies in a couple of days. No way. Um, so I don't know. 
Uh, what phase four Marvel movie are you most excited for? So these are the movies that are coming out soon. For me, it's probably Thor, Love and Thunder. Guardians. Guardians for you, yeah. yeah I thought you'd say love that. Love Guardians. I think for me it's like a very close tie between Guardians and Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Yeah, Thor will be good. Mm. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, next good. one. Uh, Jesse Medina. Yeah. Are you a fan of the Earthworm Jim animated series? The voice of Homer Simpson, played by Dan, Dan Castellaneta. That's right. Yeah. Uh, is the voice for Earthworm Jim. Um, I don't ever really remember watching the series. We played the game. Played the game. Loved the game. It was a great game. I do remember the series being on. we played that on the, the old PC, wasn't it? Was no, that was PlayStation PC 1. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. it was like one of the early console PlayStation games. Um, maybe no, maybe no. You're right. It might have been on the PC a, as well. I'm pretty sure there was. A I think PC we had on. There was. I think we had it on both. Yeah, yeah it was from Jim. Great game. I don't think I ever watched the show. I might have watched it. I think it was one of those things that was just there. But I don't ever really remember like watching it religiously. Uh, I've, or I've seen I've seen snippets. Of yeah, it. It looks okay. Yeah, looks I'm okay. sure I'd like it. Yeah, Homer Simpson. <laughs> All right. Okay, next one. Timothy's Timothy Sowell. Or so well, or how do you Sowell, I don't know. Um, sorry for pronouncing sorry, it wrong, mate. Uh, Do you think that we will ever get a DuckTales movie or a Club Penguin movie? It's a Club Penguin. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a Disney Channel thing. Oh, okay. Uh, do you ever think that we will get a Lego Dimensions movie by WAG Animation Studios? Warner, Warner, Anima- Warner Animation Group, yeah. Um. And what do you think will be the next yeah. cinematic universes Cineverse Hanna Barbaria film following the Scoob Scoob movie? Thank you for letting me ask questions. Thank you so much and love your videos. God bless you. Thank you very much, Timothy. Bless you too. I appreciate you writing in. Um I've got a lot of questions here. Okay, DuckTales movie. I feel like they'll probably do something for Disney Plus. I imagine that's a that's a franchise they're just gonna keep plundering. Club Penguin, don't know much about that, so I have no idea. Lego Dimensions, don't really know much about that either, but I know Le- uh, no Warner do really well with their Lego movies, so I yeah, guess I wouldn't rule huge. it out of the question. Um and the next well, because Scoob was supposed to be the first in this huge Hanna-Barbera universe of movies that they were making, and you had characters. I haven't watched it yet, but they had, um, um, what's his name, uh, Captain Falcon and Dino Mart and Captain Caveman. They were all in that Captain film. Caveman. Yeah. I loved Captain Caveman. So, um, but Scoob did really badly, performed really poorly. Um, pandemic, I mean, was part yeah. of it, but apparently the movie's not great. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to continue with the franchise after that now. Uh, I hope they do, but I don't know what they would do next, whether they would do like a Dino Martin Captain Falcon film to spin out of it or whether they go straight for the Flintstones or Captain sure Caveman or something. Sure, they the Flintstones. Oh, my God. Well, they're doing that reboot at the moment, aren't they? Elizabeth... Um, uh, Elizabeth Banks is doing the yep. um, is doing the reboot for Fox with Warner. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But the, I I honestly can't think of what the next logical step would be to go from Scooby Doo in this Hanna Barbera universe. It's, ca- it's Captain, a huge universe. Like. Yeah, but Captain Caveman, Dynamite, they just feel so obscure to train. Mm. And if Scoob didn't do well, I don't know where they're going to go. Iron Man was obscure too. Yeah, it's true. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, next one. Sean Lugo. Yeah. Uh, what was the thing that got you to create Cartoon Evolution? All right, it's real quick. Um, well, I've always just 
loved doing these um, video essays, documentary things. Um, There's always something that was just trying to get going, trying to find like uh, some sort of video that was like the, the, I guess you would call like the the landmark video of the channel. No, like the, um, uh, what would you call it? Like the series, like the benchmark series or the fucking highlight series, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. It's like the series that people know the channel for. Always trying to search for something that was like that one thing that people know you for. Signature. The signature series, there you go. Uh, The one thing that everyone knows you for, that everyone keeps coming back for. Um, I started a series called Disney, or Explaining Disney, which was just, Mm -hmm. I just explained random Disney things. Like one was like the Easter eggs from Mary Poppins. I explained the Disney canon, what the Disney canon was. And then I just happened for Mickey's 90th anniversary to explain the evolution of Mickey Mouse that fucking blew up and then I did more and more and each one did better and better Goofy, Donald etc etc by the time I'd exhausted all the Disney characters in this Disney the explaining Disney which became solely focused on evolutions um, by the time I'd exhausted all the Disney characters I thought let's go into like Warner Brothers and Hanna-Barbera all them and that kind of spawned the cartoon evolution and people kept watching and watching more and more and bigger yep. views than the Disney ones. And um, so it's more like this signature series, I suppose. Mm. There you go. Yep. Yep. Um, but, Alan, I, but I love animation. I love the stories <laughs> behind animation. I love the films the history and the stuff, the history. Yeah. And I love the stories of how oh, they're made. Been history and, buff and yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where my interest in it comes from anyway. Yep. Yeah. Um, Alan Driver yes. asks, how's the weather? Great, thanks. Well, it's a nice day today. It's all right. Nice yeah, and nice out there, yeah. Probably... Pretty cool out there. It's only, I don't know what the temperature is. 20, oh, it's 21 degrees out there. Nice day, yeah. Um, how are you? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're good. Thank you good. very much, Alan. Character that hasn't appeared in a movie yet that you want. Oh. Mine is Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. Oh. It's a character you like that hasn't been in a film. Maybe think of like maybe like a cartoon that you watched as a kid that you'd like to see Prince, adapted. Prince Planet. Prince Planet. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be all right. I would like to see, oh gosh, this is tough. Um, I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to think. Maybe comics. I don't know. I didn't think about this enough before I wrote it down. Mm, Let me think. Something like, um, I don't know, Betty Boop movie. Try and make that work for the modern age. Oh, gosh. <laughs> don't know how you'd go with oh, that. God. Be oh, that'd be so yeah. watered down. Yeah. I think that's why they don't even make cartoons with her anymore because I have what do we do with this character? Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> she was a bombshell, that's why. Yeah. Uh, next question. Myra yes. Cordero. Yes. Are you, are you excited to see Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and have you liked Sonic the Hedgehog since the f- game first came out in Sega? Yes and yes. We played. We would have had yep. the original Sonic on the yeah, Sega Mega System, as it was called here. I found yep. out recently that it's. Have you heard of the Sega Genesis? I think I've got it on that. Yeah, you've got it out there. Have you heard of the Sega Genesis console? Mm, yes, I have. It's the same console, just released under a different title, different yep. places. Yeah, I never realised. Mm. I thought they were two different. I thought they were two different consoles, but it's the same. Because we had the Sega Mega Mega Drive. Yeah, and we also had the Sega Master System. Oh, really. Yeah, I think that I think the Masters, I think it was called Master System. That was pre Mega Drive. Oh, I thought we only had one. No, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Sega we had two. Master System. No, cuz we had the we had a Sega and a Nintendo. And it was the Nintendo the Super Nintendo. 
that we had. No, I'm pretty sure there was. I'm pretty sure there was a master system too. What are you doing? You don't know what you're doing there. No, I'm trying to. <laughs> You've opened the the I control can, panel. I can go to there. That's where I'm going. Um, oh yeah, there was, you're right. There was a Sega Master System. I don't ever remember having that though. I don't know. No, we didn't. We didn't have that. We had we had the mega. We got the mega drive. You got the mega drive. Yeah, there we go. That's sorted. Yeah, but yes, we have. We like Sonic, and we've always liked Sonic. And I'm very excited for Sonic Two. You're going to have Knuckles, and you're going to have Tails, who's my favourite. Spins around, flies around. Used to be my favourite character there, to play there's, with. There's um, um, what do you call it? Trailers for that, isn't there? Sonic. Oh, uh, there was or like was a, that the first one. There was like a little preview trailer for oh, it, okay. and there's been like set photos and stuff leaking and shit all. Because we enjoyed the first one. The first one was real good, yeah. really enjoyable. It's fun. And that rounds out our show. We've come in at two hours today. I'm going to try and sometimes my exits, my outros go for like five or six minutes. We're not going to do that today. Thanks to everybody for listening. That's all we have time for. Um, of course, these podcasts go out every single Monday on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. A visual element is also available to view on YouTube, which goes out two days earlier to Patreon supporters. So head to patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Talent to get your early access for as little as a dollar a month. Cheap ass. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, the video podcasts are now on a brand new channel. So if you're watching this, it's on the new channel. I'd like you to please subscribe, like. i got to get the views up. i got to get the subs up so we can start making money on this podcast again. Get it monetized Make again. It pay for itself. Yeah, exactly right. Um, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, please leave a review and a rating. It does help. Only good ones. Only the good ones. You can find me on YouTube at David Lee Down Under, over on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, links in the description of every podcast. Uh, you can uh, write in the show. You can shoot me an email, DaveLeePod at gmail.com. Or just reach out to me on social media or any of that. YouTube preview. Last week, I dropped a bunch of cartoon news. That's pretty much all that went up last week. Rugrats trailer breakdown. Space Jam new look. Uh, Disney uh, did a thing about the Disney Star Wars shorts. I did a couple of other little things so you can go check out. This week, new evolution. Yes! Woo! Yes! Did you announce it? I will announce it now because I'll probably announce it. I'm not sure. Tasmanian Devil. You idiot. That's my impersonation. Yes, I've got Levolution coming up this week. It's all, it's like a big surprise. It's just come out of nowhere, but I've been working on it for weeks. And the end of the month, I'm hoping to have another one out this month. So this month could be the month of two Evolutions. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to get straight into that one. Doubtful. Yeah, well, I, uh, I've got two and a half weeks to do it. Two and a half weeks to make that deadline. And we're going to see if I can do it. Anyway, guys, thanks, old mate Rick, for joining me. Thanks, Davo. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, I'll, guys. I'll see you next week. Take it easy. Thank Take you care. So much. Stay safe. Take care, guys.